Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. And praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm grateful to God for being on the ministry call tonight. Looking forward to hearing the word from Elder June. This morning I brought a prayer request and made it known unto God, my wife and I. We held hands and we prayed and we asked God. About three and a half, four hours later, God did it. Amen. And my gas tank is coming. My gas tank is completely full. Someone filled our gas tank up. And for that, I thank God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. I thank God for favor tonight. To God be all the glory. God bless you all. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Happy Thanksgiving, God, Pastor. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, God, which has blessings upon you. Glory to God. You know, I I just want to uh, testify about the awesomeness of God. I want to thank God mm-hmm. that not only did He um, wake me up this morning. But I had the opportunity to spend a day doing absolutely nothing because God, praise God, God, God knows I needed the rest. I really needed the rest. I had ambitions of, you know, uh, doing some stuff in the house, but, you know, God says, no, that can take care of itself another time. And I was just able to relax, you know, because we had our Thanksgiving dinner yesterday. I was able to relax all day. My husband and I were able to just uh, sit back and watch a couple movies together. He even commented that, you know, we haven't done this in such a long time. So I just want to thank God for this day. I thank God for this holiday that I was able to get some much needed rest. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Amen.
For those who enjoy us, good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to Monday, my Monday night Bible study and intercessor prayer. This is Sister Lashana. So I'm saying good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good evening, Sister Lashana. Good evening. 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 Good evening
Praise the Lord. And for those who are, and also and for those who are in Canada, happy Thanksgiving as well. So, thank you. Thank you. Amen. Like I said, we're in for a treat. For those who Canada, those who just had their first meal, they're getting ready to get on the second one from Elder June. Amen. So Amen. And so for the rest of the United States, I guess we're gonna pull our plates up. We having we having our pre Thanksgiving dinner. Amen. 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 <laughs> so, so without further delay, Father God, right now, wash me in your son's precious blood. Forgive me of my sins, deeds, thoughts, and actions. Anything that is not of you, I do honestly repent. And I receive your forgiveness in no other name but your son's name of Jesus. Father God, you are our Father. You are El Shaddai. You are our Rabbi. You are Elohim. You are the great I am, Father God, and we give you praise tonight. We bless you tonight. We place no one above you tonight, Father God. Father God, right now, I'm asking you to prepare our hearts, our souls, and minds as Elder June go forth, Father God. Let us have an ear to hear and a heart to receive, and let us hide it in our hearts, hearts, O Lord. Father God, I thank you tonight for what you're about to do. And Father God, as she as she goes forth, Father God, let her totally decrease and you totally increase in her in the name of Jesus. Jesus. And right now, Father God, I just thank you. I thank you for the correction. I thank you for the blessings. I thank you for the overflow. I thank you for the deliverance that's going to happen tonight. I thank you for everything what this word is about to produce. I thank you for the hundredfold. Let me let me start. We say I was going from a hundredfold to a thousandfold to the millionfold that this lesson Amen. is going to bring forth tonight. So God, I thank you tonight, Father God. Yes, mm. Lord. I thank you tonight. So tonight, Father God, I thank you for going before us, and we thank you for going before us and clearing out the enemy, Father God. I thank you right now for buying the indefinite enemy's ears. All the enemy is going to hear is flee and go straight to the pit of hell in the name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you for binding every distraction up. I thank you for clearing out the atmosphere. I thank you for setting the space, the time, and the place for this to take place. So, God, I thank you tonight, Father God. And right now, mm, I just bless you. And I praise your name. And I pray this prayer in no other name but your son's name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So right now, I'm going to let Elder June, you have your way. Amen. Praise the Lord. The floor is for Elder June. I'm turning the lesson over to you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, um, um, Minister Lashana. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless everyone on the line tonight. Greetings to all of SMW family and visitors, and hopefully if you're on the line for the first time, it will not be your last time. It will be your first time. I give God thanks to um, today we, um, in Canada. We were celebrating Thanksgiving. As Minister um, Burton said, we were celebrating Thanksgiving, and I had a wonderful time with my family. Um, to God be the good of a little, a little section of my family. And um, we had a wonderful time, and I spent all of the day with two of my grandchildren. They were able to do whatever they wanted to do with me. So that means I'm exhausted. (laughs) I'm tired. (laughs) Having given two grandchildren free course of my day, I am now exhausted and tired. But I bless God for them. And um, 
we're going to have a wonderful time tonight um, in Jesus' name as we're getting um, deeper and deeper into the, into the topic that we're studying. I give God thanks for life and for breath, and I give God thanks that, as it says in the book of the Psalms, the lines are falling onto me in pleasant places. There's a scripture in the Bible that says um, some of God's children are ever learning, but they're never, ever coming to the truth. Um, that's one of the scriptures in the Bible that cause me much sadness when I, when I read it. There, there are a few scriptures in the Bible that make me sad when I read them, like the one that says the children of this world in their generation are wiser than the children of light. That, that text caused me much distress. And I do a lot of um, preventative um, worshiping of God to make sure that is not true in my life. And so tonight I give God thanks that um, he has allowed us to have a desire for him and um, a true desire for his word and can put aside our own selves and our own business and just come come away together to, to hear from him and to listen to him and to allow him to open up our understanding that we might understand him that our life on earth will not be vain. That when it is all over, we will arise in his image and in, in his likeness. And David says, until then, I shall not be satisfied. And there's a whole lot of things that I am thankful for, truthfully grateful for, that I had to say to the Lord, thank you for all of this but I'm still not satisfied. I'm still here in this mortal body. But I believe that when my life on earth has come to an end, then I will be able to say, yes, I've made it. Um, with the Highway Redemption Ministries, where I serve um, currently um, as the primary place of my worship and my church family, um, every year we go downtown and we go to the homeless shelters and the, some of the service departments in the city where we are at, Etobicoke, and we provide a, a meal um, to share to share what we have with those who are um, or needy or less fortunate or less favored, and um, to honor our service people like the fire department. Um, so we did that. We, we went uh, again. We went down, and for the first time, we were short. We were short of manpower um, this year. So I could not hide away in the vehicle and pray like I normally do when they first asked me to to join that team and and go. I said, I don't think I can take so much horror. There's only so much of deprivation my heart can take. You know, you don't have to come out in the van. Just in the van and pray. So that was my original um, assignment to go with that team. I sit in the van and I pray. But we were short of manpower um, when we went this year. And so I had to do more than sit in the van and pray. I really had to go out and interact with the homeless and, and pray and minister and listen to their needs and impart hope even in such a hopeless looking um, situation really impart hope um, to their to their heart, and um, we went to see 
invited us to to come into his home and, and pray. Um, not just to give him the food, but to come in and pray. And um, we went in and, and, and to pray with him. But before I, I left, before we left his place, I came to a conclusion in my mind that if I would not deliberately find out how to successfully defeat the enemy, I left that young man's place with a renewed determination that I will find the way to fight along with Jesus Christ, to defeat the adversary, to defeat the enemy. He who comes to kill and to steal and to destroy and to make a mockery of the lives of men, we who were created in God's image and God-likeness, just to see what the enemy can do with a man's life. I stood in that young man's apartment and I made a declaration. I am no longer afraid of the gates of hell, nor the devil, nor his minions, or anything what he can do because he's already defeated. And I believe that the church, it is time for the church to go out into the world, as the Bible says, and see exactly what the enemy is doing, and get busy, get to work. It's not enough for us to sit in our steel houses and sit in our ivory towers and go to church on Sunday morning and do the church thing, the spiritual thing, and, and act as if we have done our duty, because Jesus said, I was hungry, you never clothed me, you never fed me, I was naked, you never clothed me. I was in prison when you visited me. And so we, I realized that God has started, Jesus Christ started a ministry on this earth, and it is a church responsibility to finish what Jesus started. And as time progresses, the needs and the demands get greater, and the devils that are now released on the earth, they are, they are fierce and they are vicious. So I understand why Jesus says greater works we must do. We're dealing with some very serious devils who do very nasty things to people's lives. And so I just want to encourage everyone who is on the line and whoever might listen um, to this recording after that we have a job to do. We have a serious job to do. Men are being destroyed every day, every place all over this world because the enemy... Um, that's, it. That's what he is determined to do. But we have a job. We have a job to disannul him. We have a job to make him null and void. We have a job to stop him. And I just want to encourage everyone on the line, as I encourage myself, that I will no longer be content to just go to church and worship the Lord. I will be fighting the enemy on the offense. That means I'm not waiting for him to do me something, and then I'm going to try to recover from it. And then I'm going to try to beg God to save me from it. I am going to seek him out. I'm going to search him out. I'm going to flush him out. And I'm going to make sure that before he does something, I stop him in his tracks. I can do nothing like that by myself, but in Christ, in the word of God. In Christ and in the word of God, we will do great exploits in Jesus' name. The saints of God, be encouraged and be challenged at the same time that um, you are going to renew your vow to serve God and to set the captive free, to open the prison doors for those who are bound, to give the oil of joy for mourning, and um, to give deliverance to those who are bound. Open blind eyes, 
open deaf ears, let the lame walk, let the dumb talk. Um, raise the dead if that's what the Lord wants you to do. So learn, learn God, learn Christ, and set to go to now. Do do your work, so that when Christ comes, you will hear, "Well done, don't go and feed for servant." God bless you. I didn't intend to say all of that, but I guess it needed to be said. I mean, I was just saying it to my own heart. In Jesus' name. Um. So again, I greet everyone in Jesus' name and. I'm glad that you're on the line, and I pray that before we are through tonight, you will find the strength to renew your vow and accept new challenges from the Lord to grow and to get actively, violently resisting the enemy and defeating his kingdom in Jesus' name. Um, Last week, we ended with a list, um, a comparative list, showing the a distinction between what God meant when he used the term man, M-A-N, and what the world means today or scientists means when they say human being, that there is a distinction. You will never find human being, the, word, the term human being in the scripture, um, at least not in the scripture up to the maybe, maybe in time to come somebody will write a new version of the Bible and, and, and use that term, um, human being. But that term is not found in the Bible. Because what I find about God that He's so gracious that even when we um, have turned away from Him and, and, and turned away from what he, he is originally doing, He still maintains our status. That's right. So to God, God, he made man, he began to make man, and we will forever be man. You might say you're an evil man, a wicked man, but you're still man to God. And God does not change his, his standard or his status. So to God, no matter if we're in sin, we're still considered to be man. That's what he started to create, and that's what he's going to complete, and he doesn't allow us to forget it. We, on the other hand, we will find all kind of other terms for ourselves. But in the language of God, we are man. We belong to the race that he calls the mankind. So I thought it was necessary to make a big distinction between being a man and being a human being. And as I said last week, I just wanted you to understand that it's not a semantic of words. They're really very, very precise um, and detailed distinction between between the two terms and, and between how, how mankind functions according to um, what capacity they are functioning in. Um, the HU, HU is a Latin um, prefix before the term man, so we get human. The HU um, is, a, is a Latin prefix that means subjected to death and dying. And when God originally made man, we were not subjected. Man was not subjected to death and die. Um, man was a spirit made in the image and likeness of God and um, could have lived eternally if he had not associated himself with death. But he did, and so here we are on a journey to make our way back from where we have uh, fallen. So H-U, the prefix, means subjected to death and dying. It was added after man's sin to the term man. And so um, we will see a, dis- a distinction.
a man who is serving God and a person who is not serving God. Not entirely in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm. But also in the spiritual realm, because um, I must admit, I must admit that a person who begins to serve God looks distinctly different when they're safe or when they're unsafe. Um, their appearance is different. Their physical appearance is different. They, they, they look more beautiful. Um, they look more genteel. Um, they look more um, cuffed and trim and proper. And um, even, even in the physical, even in the physical appearance, a person who is serving God looks different from one who is not serving God. So there is a, a, a definite, and there's a definitive and a, and a specific um, difference between being a man and being a human being. And throughout my teaching, I will be. Um, I'm spending. I spend all that much time saying this because throughout my teaching, that will come up a lot. And I don't, because we're online, you're not in front of my face where you could put your hand up and say, what do you mean by that? I just want to establish it from now um, so that you're not confused in anything that I say. So I gave you a list last, um, last week. I gave you two lists. I gave you the list, this um, distinguishing um, man from human being. And I also gave you a list of the different um, terminology that identifies um Satan or the adversary in, in, the, in the scriptures, and I gave you some scriptures where you could have gone and, and read on your own um, as to why those terms are allotted to, to Satan. So tonight, uh, starting tonight's lesson, we're going to look at the origin of this being that we call the adversary or call Satan or any of the other terms that I gave you last week. So the first scripture I wanted to look at is Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14, verses 12 to 20. I might read a little bit more than that, but those are the main verses. Isaiah 14, verses 12 to 20, and also Ezekiel 28. I'm going to give you all the main scriptures, just in case I don't mention them when I get to talking. Um, Ezekiel 28, verses 14 to 19, and Revelation 12, verse, um, verses 7 to 9. So that's Isaiah 14, 12 to 20, Ezekiel 28, 14 to 19, and Revelation 12, um, 7 to 9. So let's read Ezekiel. Let's read um. Isaiah 14, verse 12 to 20, and see what we can find out. Where did this creature come from? That's causing us to work so much, <laughs> work so hard. Uh, that caused us to always be in a battle or warfare. Seeing that God made everything, and the Bible says everything that God made was good, where did he come from? And why is he still here? Isaiah 14, verse 12 to 20, I'll begin reading. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? What a beautiful name. How art thou cut down to the ground, 
with this weekend donations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms? I want you to note the term man in that verse. If you underline your Bible, mark your Bible, you can make a little note beside that. That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened up the house of his prisoners, all the kings of the nations, even all of them, lying in glory, everyone in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch, and as the raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with a sword that go down to the stones of the pit as a carcass trodden on the feet. Thou shalt not be joined with them in burial, because thou art destroyed thy land and slain thy people. The seed of evildoers shall never be renowned. Praise God. So here, um, the first text that I choose in verse 12, it says, Art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? So maybe if we were sitting face to face, or if I was a student and you were teaching and sitting in your class, I would ask you, Who is Lucifer? Glory to God. And, um, and have that explained. But before I explain who Lucifer is, let's read the next scripture. Let's read Ezekiel. Let's read Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28, verse 14 to 19. It says, I want the anointed cherub that covers so um, this is God talking. He says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou wast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect. By the multitude of thy they are filled with things. Therefore, cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It will devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Zion and prophesy against it in Jesus' name. 
Glory to God. Now, from these two texts, from these two texts, um, you can see that Lucifer was an angel in heaven. Um, specifically, is he was a cherub. There are different categories of angel. He was a cherub. A cherub is the angel that has wings. Not all angels have wings, but cherubs have wings. They have more wings and arms. And the Lord uses them um, for his own pleasure in heaven. Um, so Lucifer was one of those with a cherub. Now let me show you from the scriptures what his duties were before he got this idea to above God's throne. And we'll create a nice little picture about him. Um, turn your Bible to Exodus chapter 25. Let me find it here. In my own Exodus chapter 25. I'll find it too. Okay. Exodus chapter 25, verses 10 to 22. And that will give us a clearer understanding of a cherub and their duty, and specifically Lucifer. <laughs> um, Exodus 25, verse 10 reads as follows. And they shall make an ark of um, shitting wood, two cubits and a half, length thereof, and a cubic and a half, the breadth thereof, and a cubic and a half, the height thereof. It's God giving Moses instruction about making the Ark of the Covenant. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold, within and without shalt thou overlay it, and thou shalt make upon it a crown of gold round about. And thou shalt cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in the four corners thereof, and two and two rings in the other side of it. And thou shalt make staves of shittim wood and overlay them with gold. And thou shalt put the staves into the rings by the sides of the ark that the ark may be born with them. The staves shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. And Muted. Into the ark, the testimony which I shall give thee, and thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. And this is the part I wanted to note. I just read the, the, the previous verses for context, so that you understand the context. And verse 18 says, And thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold, two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubic and a half the breadth thereof, and thou shalt make two cherubims of gold. Of the work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat, and make one cherub on the one end, and the other cherub on the other end, even of the mercy seat shall you make the cherubims on the two ends thereof. And the cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and their faces shall look one to another towards the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubim be. And thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark, and 
in the ark, you shall put the testimony that I shall give thee. And there I will meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims, which are upon the ark of the testimony of all things which I shall give thee in the commandment unto the children of Israel. So these two cherubims, whoever they might might have been, they would have been privileged to hear whatever God and man discuss. Um, angels are not men, and men are not angels, and a man will never be an angel. They're two completely different um, species of beings, and the one cannot become the other. Um, sometimes I, I hear the pastor or the bishop of a congregation is called the, bishop, the, the, the angel of that house. That is not scriptural at all. Men are not angels. A man is not an angel, and an angel is not a man. Um, I'm making that point because in the first scripture that I read in Isaiah, um, Unmuted. Christopher was called a man, and I'm going to explain that in a minute because the Bible is not contradictory. Glory to God. Man was made in the image and likeness of God. Um, angels were not. Um, a man was considered to be, and is still considered to be, a son of God. God has never, ever regarded angels as his um, son. You will find that in, in, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2. Um, God does not regard angels as sons at all. Um, angels do not carry blood. Man carry blood. Um, glory to God. Angels cannot be redeemed. And that was why when they fell, they, they could not be redeemed. They, they, were, they, they lost their first estate, um, Jude says, and they cannot regain their position. And that is why they were cast out of heaven, um, never to regain their position. Man, on the other hand, in the process of time, in time, in the space that we call time, can be redeemed. Hallelujah. So there's a, there's a big distinction between angels and, and man. However, there is a scripture that I think might give people some confusion. When Jesus was on the earth, um, Jesus was, was asked about marriage in heaven, and Jesus says that in heaven, um, man will not marry nor given in marriage. All of that is, is early. Is early thing. But Jesus used the term, they shall be like the angels in heaven. And he, said, and, and he, he defined exactly what he meant by like the angels. The angels do not marry. They're not sexual creatures. They don't marry. They're not given in marriage. They do not reproduce. So the Bible says when man gets to eternity, in that sense, in that respect, we will be like angels that we won't marry, we won't have children, we won't be given in marriage. Angels don't marry, they don't have children, they're not given in, in marriage. There's no marriage um, between angels in heaven. When man gets to heaven, there will be no marriage. But that's the only similarity between man and angels. We are not one and the same creature, but we have that similarity um, Man will eventually get to that stage where, just like the angels, he does not marry nor are given in marriage. Now, in the text that I read in, in Lucifer, uh, in, in Isaiah about Lucifer, the reason why Lucifer is called man in that text is because at the time when God was 
in the context of this scripture, um, Lucifer, Satan was, was actually manifesting in a man. He had possessed a man's body. And all these things that Isaiah said he was doing on the earth, he wasn't doing it as a, a creature without a bodily form. He was actually doing it through a king. And so if you should look at that time, you would actually see a man you, because um, Satan had possessed him and Satan was, was doing all this thing that Isaiah said Satan was doing. Let, let's turn back to it. Let's turn back to Isaiah 14 for a minute and, and, and look at it again. All, all this thing that was being said, it was actually being said to a man. It was being said to a human being on earth. It was being said to a king. And, and so that is why it says you are, you, you are a man. Because Satan does operate through the body of human beings. And so um, God wanted us to know that specifically, that at this time Satan was not in the earth as an invisible spiritual being. He was actually in the earth as a man. And that distinction needed to be made because Satan can possess men. As a matter of fact, in, for, for Satan to be on the earth doing anything outside of a man's body, it's, it's very illegal in the spiritual realm. Because the earth does not belong to him. The earth belongs to man. So he has to possess. He has to find somebody to possess. So in verse 16, it says, They that see thee shall narrowly, that's Isaiah 14, verse 16, I'm reading again. It says, They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? So there are many times Satan will possess a, a, a leader a political leader, and will fully function through that leader. And God does not disregard um, that aspect of Satan's operation, that he really has the power to possess. He wants us to know that. And so that's why he, this is written as it is, for us to know that Satan can actually possess a person and have that person function 100% like how he wants that person to function. And usually he takes over um, political leaders, world leaders, dictators, like he did again in Italy. And, and, and if you follow history down, there are a few times when you could see that um, um, this particular leader was fully manifesting um, the scriptures that describe Lucifer or describe the devil or describe Satan. And in the end of time, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, in the end of time, Satan will once again possess a world leader and show himself as the Antichrist when we have in the final battle of Armageddon. I want to read um, two more texts for you, and then I will do some explanation. Hebrews 8, verse 5, and Hebrews 9, verse 23. Hebrews 8, verse 5 says, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. As Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle, for see, said he, that thou make all things according to the patterns 
showed to you in the mount. That's God talking to Moses. And Hebrews 9, verse 23 says, It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with a better sacrifice than these. I, I read those two texts um, to let you know that the Ark of the Covenant, how how it was made, how Moses was instructed to make the Ark of the Covenant, it represented, it was a replica, or it represented the mercy seat in the heavens, in the eternal heavens where God's throne is. There is a mercy seat. That's what, that's what we read in, um, in the text here, where the, cher- the, 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 the cherubims, the cherubims were on one end of the mercy seat, one on each end, and their wings touched each other. The mercy seat was made of gold, and the Bible says Lucifer was one of those cherubims. The other one was Michael, and um, Lucifer was one of those cherubims. And I said from that position, then at least Michael and Lucifer were privileged to hear whatsoever business God's creatures brought to him. Even the angels, whatever the other angels might have gone and said to God or wanted to say to God and however God dealt with them, these two cherubims were privy to to all of that. Now at this point I'm gonna um say at times when I'm teaching this lesson, um somebody will ask me if Lucifer stayed in his position until man was made or if he rebelled before man was made. Uh, um, to date, in all my studies, I have not seen a clear scripture that tells me when, when the angels rebel, when Lucifer rebel. Because when Lucifer rebel, I'm trying hard not to use the word time, because time was not yet. When Lucifer rebel, uh, we were not yet counting time by years. Um, Lucifer rebelled in eternity. Now, man was also created in eternity. If you read Genesis carefully, when we get there, we will, I will explain it in more detail. But when we get there, you will see that the sun and the moon and the stars, which, which count time, did not come into place until the fourth day. So the first, the first three days of creation were not, were not time days. Well, you're going to say they're 24-hour day or 12-hour day. doesn't matter to me how many hours in the day you want to say this. Whatever you say, I agree with you. Um, but there were not time days. There were eternal days. And that's why the Bible says the evening and the morning. Um, there were no clock at that time. Um, people live by what, what theologians call Kairos as opposed to Kronos. There was no clock that measured time. Um, as we do it now um, chronologically, but events the, the, the events were were, were done. Um, like God, God this on the, on the first day. God did this on the second day. God did. So it, it it is still being counted what is being done, but it's not counted by chronology. Like you say, I have to go to the doctor at ten o'clock. It wasn't done by that. Well, by by Kronos. It was done by Kairos. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the evening and the morning were the first day. So, when when I don't I don't uh, an apologist 
would be the sector uh, division of theology that will spend a lot of time to debate if um, man sinned before the angel, if the angels sinned before man was created and um, all of that stuff and how long the days were in Genesis. Uh, and apologists love to do that. I'm not an apologist. I don't spend time with that. And as I said, whatever your take is on the matter, I will agree to you because it doesn't make any eternal difference to what we're required to do or how we're saved. So Lucifer, whether or not Lucifer sinned before man was made or he sinned after man was made, I don't see the Bible making a big distinction between that. So since the Bible doesn't make it, I'm not going to make it. But from this position, from this position on the mercy seat, whether, whether Lucifer saw um, man's relationship with God and became jealous of it, or he just saw God in that glorious position and became jealous of God, um, the fact remained that he decided to rebel. He decided to rebel against the Lord. And so in in his rebellion he decided that he didn't he didn't want to sit here on the mercy seat where God put him. He was not content with that position. And I can't imagine why he wasn't content. <laughs> That's a super duper position to be in. But Lucifer was not content to be a cherub. Um, on above the mercy seat, covering the mercy seat. Um, he wanted to be above that, and so you 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 hear his stout speech in the scriptures, saying where he was going to put his throne and what he was going to do and what he was not going to do. And so because because. Pride was lifted up in his heart, as the Bible says. He was perfect in the day that he was created. So the Bible says, the Bible says everything God made was good. Um, so was Lucifer. I mean, he was called son of the morning. He, he was on the mercy seat with, 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 with God. And, and, and Ezekiel says he walked upon the mountain of God uh, with Christ. So I don't know who, what, what created being would want a better position than that, but Lucifer did. And so what Lucifer decided to do was to overthrow God. I often said at times when the enemy comes to tell me, sometimes I'm tempted in some very serious ways, um, that I cannot ignore the temptation. I really have to directly address it. And, and many times when I'm tempted to do some really serious Things against God, um, because Satan thinks he can in these presentations, and I just he think I will I will listen. So he will make these presentations. I I usually say, so you know what, Lucifer, you you didn't wait around for me to come here to ask me what I think about you wanting to rebel against God. You did all that before I came here. And now you want to draw me into that condemnation with you. Well, I'm not your your candidate. And I just want to let you know if you had waited for me to come by, as much as you might have more sense than I do, if you had waited, because Daniel says you can't hide any secret from him, he's so wise. 
But if you had waited with all your wisdom and with all your position and with all your perspectives and with all what you knew and with your position that you had in heaven with God, with all of that, you didn't have enough sense to know not to rebel against your, 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 your maker, your creator. How could the creature be more powerful than the creator? Only in science fiction, you get those nonsense about machine taking over the world. Um, that is not possible in the kingdom of God. So I said, you know what, if you had waited for me to come back and ask me, I would have told you that I hear brain idea, don't try it, you are going to lose. But you didn't wait, you did it before I came by, and now, no, I have no interest in anything you might present to me, and um, I am not interested in what you're offering. I think you're silly, and I am not silly enough to follow somebody who is silly. So... If you have never had any serious presentation from the enemy, I'm going to tell you that um, if you continue to grow in grace and continue to resist the enemy, if you continue to submit yourself to God and continue to resist the enemy until Satan gets really, really afraid of you, or really, really annoyed of you, you will see what I'm talking about, that, that he does make presentation. He will try anything to get you, to, to defeat you, to get you, to mess up. So um, if you have not had a direct presentation from the enemy, to rebel against God, if you continue growing as a son of God, you will get it. You will, you will get it before you die because Satan will see to it that you get it. So here is um, this creature that the Bible calls a cherub sitting, seated on the mercy seat where God dwells. God commune with his creation from the mercy seat. That's what the, the text says. I said, from there I will commune with you. And Hebrews let us know that the, the mercy seat that was built by Moses on the earth is a pattern of what is in the heaven. So that's why I'm going to put the two scriptures together. The mercy seat that Moses made of sitting wood, it is a representation of the mercy seat in heaven where Lucifer and Michael were the two cherubs that overshadowed the mercy seat. The pattern that God gave to Moses to make the mercy seat on the earth, it is the same um, representation in the heavens. So the, 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 the mercy seat that Moses made, the cherubs were made of gold. And that represents that in that position, in that position, before Lucifer sinned, he was as pure as pure can be. He was like pure gold. And that's the position that he messed up from. That's the position he was not pleased with. That's the position um, where he conceived the thought or conceived the idea to overthrow God um, from. So he went about... I guess when he was not on mercy duty, he went about, and I guess according to what the other angels might have gone and say to God when they were on the when when God spoke to them from the mercy seat, because I said they were privy to hear what all the angels um, said to God. I I, I think that Lucifer handpicked his allies, who he would go to after, and 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 deceive them in joining with him. To, to rebel against God. So the book of Revelation says that by the time he was through, he had about one-third 
of the angelic population. And so he thought that was enough, hallelujah, glory to God, to wage war in, um, in heaven. And so he set the battle in array and started a war in heaven. You can read that in Revelation chapter 12. As a matter of fact, let's read it. He said, the lesson, the lesson tonight is very serious, and I don't want you to be um, misled in any way because these are very, um, very serious scriptures in the Bible, and they're very detailed. And if you, if you misuse or misunderstand them, the enemy will see to it that you don't get away with it. Um, so let's, let's look at it while we're together. And make certain that when you're on your own, you're taking notes, and when you're on your own, you sit with the Holy Ghost and let him give you your own personal revelation on these texts. Because if you don't get revelation on these texts, um, again, you're going to find yourself in a very weakened position. And I, that would make me feel very, very um, out of sorts if that, if that should happen. So you're going to have to promise yourself. And promise me later when I'm finished talking that you will make a point to sit with these scriptures I'm giving you so that the Lord can put these revelations in your own heart so that when the tempter come to try and pick, pick them, pick the word out of your heart, um, he will find that your heart is good soil and he cannot pick the word, the word out. You cannot afford for these words just to stay on the surface of your heart or just in your mind. The enemy will pick them out. You need revelation so that the words can go deep down into your spirit and into your soul where the enemy cannot touch them again. So Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Now remember the list I gave you last week? The dragon is one of the, the other terms for Lucifer or, or Satan. So there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought, and his angels. So he had convinced some angels to join him to fight against God, to overthrow God. And um, got it, Elder June. Go ahead. I got it. Okay. So Michael and his angel um, fought Lucifer and his angels. And here, the writer in Revelation, which is John, is not calling Lucifer at all, calling the dragon. And the reason why he would call him a dragon is to give you, you the reader, give me and you, uh, as to what um, formation that Lucifer took in this battle, in this warfare. And now, you could just go into any encyclopedia, any reference book, and read about dragons. And trust me, whatever you read about dragons, you use that to, to, to give you the, the visible image of what Lucifer had turned into for this battle. Okay? He was transformed from being the son of the morning, the anointed cherub that sat on the mercy seat. He was transformed into this beast. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And in that, in that form, nation, he wage war in heaven, the Bible says, know that it is still happening in heaven. So that's why I said when people ask me, was this before man or after man? I said, look, I'm not an apologist. It doesn't matter who was before or after man. What matters is what happened. Glory to God. And the Bible says 
You can say hallelujah here. You can say hallelujah. That he prevailed not. And neither was there place found anymore in heaven for him. And the great dragon was cast out. Um, let me take the time here to go very slowly here. Note the language of the Bible. We have to speak about these things in the exact same language that God speaks about them. You can't go over and above God, and you cannot handle these texts uh, even below where God speaks. You have to make sure that you're doing this in the Spirit, in Christ. Glory to God. Because if you don't do it in Christ, you're setting yourself at a disadvantage. The Bible here calls this dragon great. And if God call him great, don't call him anything less than great. If God said that he's great, you don't call him a weakling because you will find out sooner that he is not a weakling. The Bible said he's great. So you have to stay in the same context and in the same spirit that you receive the scripture if you're going to be equipped with the word of God to actually be victorious so that the enemy don't prevail against you. you have, that is why the Lord is being precise here. He's not, he's not, he's not shortchanging us. He's not mincing words. He's not giving us the, the impression or the idea that this is not serious. This is very serious. Your eternity depends on this. Glory to God. So the Bible calls him great. Now, at first, when I try to read the Bible at first, and I see these um, adjectives and what, with what respect the Lord speaks about the enemy. You know that God is speaking about the enemy with respect. Uh, it, it, it moved me. I said, why is God is, is wicked? He's rebelling against God. He's fighting against God. Why is God talking about him like this? But I am glad for how the Lord Grow me up, hallelujah, because I've come to understand that um, if you're fighting a spiritual battle, you still have to fight lawfully, because if you don't fight lawfully, you're going to lose the battle. And then if you lose the battle to the enemy, then you know, you know where you're going. Uh, and so the Lord, the Lord makes us to understand exactly how we are to regard the enemy and what we need to know and um, how we need to to think about this process so that he doesn't trick us and so that we don't put ourselves at a disadvantage. So the Bible says, great, this great um, dragon, right? And um, let me read again. And there was one in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. So as great as he was or is, he lost the battle, and he was cast out. But that doesn't mean you and I on the earth, especially in this body here of faith, um, this mortal body, we're going to try to take on um, the enemy outside of Christ. God is letting us know that he is great, and he will hurt us. He will harm us. He is not a pushover. He is great. Um, and he was cast out, that old serpent. So here you get, you get another one of his, his, his designation. He's a great dragon. He's an old serpent. He's a devil. Um, God is making us to know his identity so he doesn't trick us. God is exposing him. God is opening up all his internal workings so that we are not at a disadvantage when he come upon us and Satan. See, great dragon, old serpent, the devil, 
and Satan, which deceive the whole world, the whole world, and we're in the world, you're in the world, so you have to know then that you cannot um, be ignorant about the enemy and his wiles. You've got to know. It is imperative for you to know. It is a serious business. Hallelujah. And you've got to know. You can't be careless. You can't be a careless child of God because the enemy will get you. He was cast out into the earth. Look where he was cast out. Now, I learned in school that there are tons of planets flying about in the, in the universe, um, in, 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 in the, the hemisphere. That we're, that, that we're, that this whole system where we are at. There are tons of planets out there. Don't we know that there are tons of planets? And man was, is on the earth, but it's on the earth that the enemy was cast out on the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying, in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. From this text, that is why some people think that man was created before the enemy was cast out. And as I said, if you want to say that, that's fine with me. I am not an apologist, and I'm not going to fight about it. Uh, whether it was before or after the fact remains, he's cast out on the earth where I am, and now I have to deal with him. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of, his, of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the dead. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and he that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants, inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down. Unto us, let me say, the scripture says unto you, but let me say unto us, makes it personal, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child, and the woman was the woman was given wings of eagle. And that's another lesson, so I'm not gonna go there. I just read this to 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 let you know that um this warfare that we are fighting with the enemy, it didn't start with you. And it's not going to end with you. It didn't start now. It started in eternity. Glory to God. I also want you to know that it was not God and Lucifer were fighting. God does not fight with his own creation. He's the almighty. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It would have been no war whatsoever if it was actually God that was fighting Lucifer. God got to think a thought, and Lucifer would disintegrate. So notice it was Michael that fought. It was the other cherub that was on the other side of the mercy seat. It was the other cherub, Michael, that resisted him and said, no, this can't happen. What are you doing? Are you out of your mind? And so it was Michael that fought and, and, and Lucifer that fought. Lucifer lost. The battle, he didn't prevail. Hallelujah, glory to God. And he was cast out. And he was cast out upon the earth. Where earth, earth that belongs to man. So he lost his position in heaven. He was cast out on the earth. Earth that belongs to man. If you ever ask God why you're casting out on the earth and not on any other planet, and God tells you, please let me know. Hallelujah, glory to God. But seeing that he is now on the earth, the battle becomes ours. The battle becomes man. Man who is determined to be sons of God. 
men who are walking uprightly in the light, in the word of, the word of God, men who align themselves with God and honor God and respect God, not necessarily human beings. Um, Satan don't have to battle human beings, although he does, does work them over pretty good. But um, when, when human beings come into evil, because evil is in the earth, and Satan is just miserable. He will torment whoever he chooses that time. But the real battle is between the enemy and those of us who are born again, those of us who are transformed, those of us who are recognized as sons of God. And uh, we are the ones that um, the enemy is really trying to destroy, trying to get us out of the earth trying to defeat us um, day and night. And that's why last week I said, make certain that even when you go to your bed, you don't go carelessly. Make sure you set a watch and a double watch. Don't think the enemy, uh, when you go to sleep, the enemy calls ceasefire. He doesn't call ceasefire when you're sleeping. As a matter of fact, he's a coward. So he, he does most of his business when you're sleeping. That's why somebody says at midnight to make sure you command your morning. So that's how we count day. And um, I happen to know in my own personal walk with the Lord that Satan makes edit against my life at 3 a.m. in the morning. So if I want to make certain that I am ahead of him, then I need to be awake at 3 a.m. to do what I do in the spirit, to make certain that he doesn't destroy um, anything that belongs to me, not touch anything that belongs to me um, in, in, in the daytime. If, if this sounds like I am actively engaged in a battle with Satan, I am. I am. There was a time when I wasn't, and the enemy did me real dreadful things. There was a time when I thought that if I stayed quiet and, and, and don't say anything, he would not, he would leave me alone. He wouldn't do me anything. Well, that went on until I lost everything. I, I, I lost everything in my life until one day the Lord says to me, get up and fight back. If you don't fight back, you're going to lose your children to the enemy. And that was what made me, um, inspired me to think that I'm going to stop calling um, when the enemy attacks. Because I had this little motto, I said, this too will pass. And the enemy can't get me to backslide no matter what he does, no matter what happened in my life. I'm not going to backslide. So he can do whatever he wants. I gave the enemy permission to do whatever he wants because I didn't know any better. I said he can do anything he wants. He can't touch anything that I have. He can't steal anything I have because I'm not going to leave the Lord. Well, to God be the glory, the Lord kept me. I didn't leave, but I lost everything until when there was nothing left of mine to take, he even took my, 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 my form, my figure, my physical appearance. I was disfigured. And um, the Lord says to me one day, he says, when are you going to learn to fight back? If you don't fight back, he's going to destroy your children. And I remember once when, when the enemy, when the, the, that same time when the Lord told me that, I said, well, I don't know how to fight. And I, I said, I don't know how to fight the enemy. Because I, I was never taught in my, in my church where I was born, you weren't supposed to think about the devil. You were not supposed to talk about the devil. You were to act like the devil does not even exist. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the enemy 
had the full court to do anything he wanted to do with my life because I, I, I'm not supposed to admit that he exists. I'm not supposed to admit that he's doing anything because then that means I'm exalting him. That means I'm, I'm honoring him. So I remember the Lord came to me when I was in my bed and he says, you need to fight. You need to get up on sight. The enemy is going to destroy all your children and you're, you're, you're hiding in the corner. And I said, but I don't know how to fight. And the Lord, the Lord says, catch. And then I said, catch. And I, I look up and he threw a flaming sword to me. It was the first time. And I grabbed it. I grabbed it and began to fight the devil from that day. Saints, and we were on, on the line. I realized that I have to fight the enemy. And so I've been engaged in this battle. And I, I must say, to God be the glory, um, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I'm doing great exploits in the Lord, and the Lord is teaching me more and more each day to win more and more battles. The Lord is teaching me how to pray effectively. The Lord is teaching me how to regard his word. The Lord is teaching me how to come into the most holy place. The Lord is teaching me how to to sit down with him and and let him educate me. And the scripture says that the Lord will um, teach our hands to war and our fingers to fight. And, yes, the Lord is equipping me and teaching me how to be be, um, victorious in this spiritual battle. And so I'm not talking off the top of my head when I'm teaching these scriptures. I'm, I'm, I'm actually talking of my own personal experience, how what I experienced with the enemy, what I know of him, and how if God wasn't as faithful and true as he is, if God wasn't as omnipotent and as powerful as he is, then you wouldn't be listening to me here tonight. Long ago, the enemy would have had his way to destroy um, my life completely, but God is faithful and God is good. So here I am, and I have this privilege to, to share um, my knowledge with you and to share my um, my experiences with you. And at first, um, I was intimidated. I, I'm, I'm confessing. At first, when the Lord asked me to teach this lesson, I was intimidated because I know that I'm going to have to talk about me. And I never learned to talk about me. To me, talking about me was boasting. So it took me, even now that I'm, I'm doing the lesson, and this is not the first time I'm doing this lesson, I'm, I'm choosing my words very carefully, and I'm going very slowly because I have to make certain that I, in my mind, I have to make certain that there is no self-exaltation coming out of me, that God is getting all the, um, getting all the glory. Um, but... Um, for a long time, when, when the Lord told me, I said, God, I can't teach that, you know. So I have testimonies upon testimonies upon testimonies that sometimes the folks who know me say, why don't you write a book? Why don't you teach? Why don't you tell people these things? Because you have to be, you have to be careful when you're still on the earth and still in this body that we're in, that we don't make mistakes and we don't even carelessly. Um, even not deliberately, you accidentally give the enemy any access to your mind or access to your spirit, access to your soul. Now, the enemy cannot read our thoughts. He cannot read our thoughts. He cannot, he doesn't know what is in our heart. But the, the enemy has a fine watchman unto each and every child of God. And the enemy is very good at interpreting what we say. 
He's very good at interpreting our facial expressions. He's very skillful in, in, in interpreting our body language. So sometimes it might appear that the enemy might know what you're thinking. He doesn't know what you're thinking. He doesn't have that power. Um, he will plant thoughts in your mind. The Bible tells us in, in, in Matthew that when men slept, he comes and he plants his bad seeds. Um, he will plant thoughts in your mind and see how you react to the thought. And then according to how you react to this thought, he does an analysis on you. But he doesn't know your, your, your thought as it resides in your mind. But he knows how to draw it out of you. He will let something go across you and see your facial expression or see, you know, see your eye movement, see how you look, um, see what you do. And then he say, ah, I know what to do. And then he will go and plan a strategy around how you react to that certain influence or indicator. So you have to make certain that the way how you respond to everyday things in your life, you must know that the enemy is watching you. He has you under surveillance. Hallelujah. And you must, everything that you do and everything that you say, he takes note of it, and he used those exact things um, against you. And that was why I, I, I shared with you a couple of weeks ago that when certain thoughts come in your mind or you hear certain things uh, with your ears, you must know that that is contrary to your characteristic in Christ, to your character in Christ and your personality. And don't take ownership. Don't take ownership of the presentation that the enemy um, presents you trying to draw you into his realm of darkness. Um, you have to be like Christ. You have to know the word like Jesus. And so as soon as the enemy speaks, don't think left, right, hallelujah, glory to God. Just immediately attack it and say, it is written. Thou shalt not tempt, uh, and then um, the Son of God, or um, perhaps not the Lord's anointing. You know, sometimes we say that to each other, right? You will, uh, a person in church will quickly tell me, perhaps not the Lord's anointing, but you'll never say that to the devil. The devil can't touch him all you want. I mean, don't tell the devil, perhaps not the Lord's anointing. But they will tell me to touch not the Lord's anointing. But it is the devil you ought to say that to touch not the Lord's anointing. Not a brother and sister in the church, especially when they're trying to correct you. They say, touch not the Lord's anointing. Go tell that to the devil, not to touch you and not to touch your stuff. You, the devil have free course to touch your children, touch your money, touch your health. Touch any, touch it, touch your car. And you don't, you don't ever say touch that. The Lord anointed to him, but you say touch that anointed to another child of God. So I'm gonna close. It's 10:24, and I've given you a lot to think about. But I'm, I'm gonna close with this text, Isaiah 45. When, when I'm teaching about the enemy, that's when I'll give the most text. <laughs> You got to make certain that you get it and you don't miss it. And when you, you know, sometimes when somebody is talking to you, you will understand while they're there speaking. But when you're left on your own, you say, "Oh, what did he say again? I, did, I didn't get that." So that's what I'm giving you. I'm reading so many, and that's why I'm reading the scriptures. You don't just tell where to find them. I'm reading them tonight because I want you to know that you have, it is imperative that you set aside a specific time to study the Bible, and it is imperative that you know the enemy. It is quite imperative. You cannot afford not to know him. Hallelujah, glory to God. So let's read Isaiah 45. I'm going to read verse 7, and then I'm going to answer a question that you might have, but just because you're not in the position to ask me, so we're not face-to-face. I'm going to, I'm, I'm assuming your question, and then I'm going to answer it. From Isaiah 45, verse 7. God is talking. He says, I form the light and create darkness. 
I need peace and create evil. I didn't want to do all these things. So, it is seen in Isaiah and in Ezekiel that Lucifer was perfect until the day that iniquity was found in him. We read that earlier. With my time, I can't go over reading all the scriptures, but I read it before I started. Um, he was perfect because everything that God made was good. And he was perfect until until he took up with evil and iniquity was found in him. So if you ever wonder, so where did evil come from? God created it. That's right, right? Isaiah 45, verse 7, I formed the light and create darkness, make peace, and create evil. God created evil. Evil is a separate spirit, quite independent of Lucifer. Evil was the one that made a presentation to Lucifer that he didn't have to settle for that inferior position where he was at the mercy seat. Unfortunately, Lucifer didn't have enough sense to tell evil to get lost. So um, Lucifer was convinced by evil that he could do better for himself than what God had done for him. And through the instruction of evil, uh, Lucifer was able to put together a lower army to wage war against God in heaven. Next week, I will um, have a little serious discussion with you about evil and exactly what evil is. In the meantime, you could go in the, in the, in the Bible and search out the term evil and see what God has to say about it. And then next week, we could all, we'll, we'll discuss evil and see why God created it. How what the scripture might what, what what does the scripture mean when God says he creates evil? What does God mean by that when he said he creates evil? Now the children of God, the sons of God the sons of God have a tendency to want to defend God. <laughs> and uh, if the scripture says anything about God that makes God look like He's less than good. Read the children of God. You can wish those scriptures weren't in the Bible, and we tend not to discuss them at all. But if you're going to be a true child of God, you have to take the entire Bible. Um, God doesn't need any defense. God is good. Everything that God does is good. God is love. Hallelujah. Go to God. So if you come against a scripture that seems pretty hard, like when God says, I hate Jacob, I love, and Esau, I hate it. And so we don't want to admit that God says he hated Esau. But he said he hated Esau. He said he hated Esau before the children were born, before they did anything good or bad. So don't pretend like you don't read that in the Bible. Just so people say, God, how could you, you're, you're good. How could you hate Esau even before he was born? And then in God answering you, you will get to understand who God is. And we'll get to understand exactly what God is doing when he says, let us meet man. And you will get to understand who you are and, and, and your, your position on the earth as, as a man. And you will get to understand how man can live in a good relationship um, with God. Um, the English language that we use, it has about 6,000 words. I was telling my class on Sunday this. And the, the, the scriptures from which the English Bible was, translated, they have more than 12,000 words. So they have 
at least double the amount of our words in this language that we speak. So at times, at times when the translators come up on a certain thought, we don't really, they don't really have a precise English word to do the interpretation. So they had to do the best they could with the, with the language that we speak. So if you see something in the Bible that seems contrary to who you think God is, then that is a starting point to find your cool of the day and sit down with the Lord and get to know your God. If you don't know God, you will not be able to live with him eternally. We need to know God. And as we progress in the study, you will come upon that sector, know God. Uh, now I'm trying to get you to understand our enemy. And tonight I just wanted to know that Lucifer is not your arch enemy. Satan is not your arch enemy. Satan is not the worst enemy that you can have. I just need you to understand that there is something more dreadful than Satan, more dreadful than Lucifer. That old dragon, the serpent, the devil, it is evil. And so you need to understand evil to make certain that the same thing that he worked on Lucifer, who was perfect in the day he was created, that evil doesn't get to work it on you. Now, that's my lesson for tonight. (laughs) I hope I didn't cause anybody any great distress and that what I said was understood. But before I turn back to Evangelist Burton, um, Minister Burton, there is a there is a position here um that was presented to me that um the same spirit the same spirit that led Lucifer astray is the same spirit that fell led Saul, the first king of Israel. That led him astray. When God told him to to kill all the Amalekites and all what belonged to them, and he he went against that. That's the same spirit, and that's what evil will do. Evil will always come and says to you, "You don't have to do it how God says to do it. I have a better way. God is not doing right by you. I can do better by you if you listen to me. You work it on on, on Lucifer." And he works it on Saul. Don't let him work it on you. Because we have the word of God. We should know how he works. And we should not be ignorant. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So that's my lesson for tonight. Um, God bless you. And um, is that this, uh, Minister Burton? Yes, yes. Father God, before we, before we open up for questions and comments, Father God, right now, I lift up Elder June to you right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And right now, Father God, we are thankful tonight when she brought forth this word to give a better understanding of only you but the enemy. Because we know what we can do in our daily walk and if I fight, we have to, we can resist the enemy and he shall flee in the name of Jesus. I lift her up to you right now, Father God. Pull out, pull into her everything that she poured out to us tonight, Father God. And Father God, right now, I, I lift up every single member of St. Words Ministry, those who hear, heard the word tonight and those who, are, those who are yet to hear the word on the recordings, Father God. Let us hide this word into our hearts, Father God, so it may grow into our, grow into our soul, grow into our conscience, so that when we need this word, it will be hidden within our hearts. And, God, I thank you tonight. 
I thank you for the blessings that you're pouring out to Elder June. I thank you for the blessing you're pouring out this ministry. And I pray this prayer in no other name but your son's name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Right now I am going to open the floor for comments and questions. Um, praise, praise the Lord. Um, this is Pastor Maureen. Um, a couple, a couple of questions, um, Elder June. Um, comment then question. Uh, I thank you so much for your boldness in bringing forth this teaching, and I can tell you that I learned something tonight that I didn't read. I did not know in all my studies, in all my readings, in everything. I never understood this. I always thought that Lucifer was the dragon. I always equate equate them as the same. So I thank you for the clarification tonight. Um now a couple of things. Um you which one first? Uh you mentioned that um the the, the you know the the evil one comes out and um and he, he attacks us especially at night. And that yeah. God and that God will, you know, tell you, alert you as to when your specific time to pray is, when your specific time to be protected is. Now That's right. um there's something that um that has been happening to me over the years and I think that's one of the reasons why I, in addition to Acts 16, verse 25, I think one of the reasons why, you know, the ministry got started at midnight was over the years, I always look at the clock at 1234, always. Okay. And I wonder to myself, why is it that I, I am always looking at the clock I, you know, I don't look at 12.32, 12.33, or 12.35, but as soon as the clock turns to 12.34 in whatever time zone I'm in, whichever country I'm in, I'm alerted to that time. And so my question is, you know, I, I, because I'm never, I'm never too, you know, old to learn, and, I'm, you know, I'm always, you know, learning. Could it be that 12.35 is... 1234 is my time. 1234 is your time. That's your time slotting God's book. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you, when you are on watch. And so he indicates that to you and your spirit. And as you said, wherever you are, you don't have to be looking at the clock. When that time comes, your spirit yeah. comes on God. So that's your time. Mm-hmm. That's your time that the Lord requires you to Say something, most likely will be saying some uh, um, the words that will cover not only for you, Pastor, but for whoever is under your pastorship. Yeah. Uh, whoever it is, God have you taken care of in the realm of the Spirit. And I want you all to know that as ministers, God have you taken care of somebody in the Spirit. Yes. God have you meant somebody in the spirit. So all of those people, they don't even have to be in the same physical location with you. Uh Hallelujah. They are under your pastoral office. There is a lesson that um, I am going to publish that little book that I wrote uh, about the five-fold ministry. And um, I will say you need to know each individual person 
They need to know their apostle. A person needs to know his apostle. They need to know his evangelist. Need to know his pastor. Need to know his um, prophet. And need to know his teacher. And those people don't even have to be in the same place with you because those offices are what the Lord says he has set in the, in the church or in the earth for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the work mm-hmm. of the ministry, until we come to the perfect man. So, 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 so Pastor Marine, if yes. you are my apostle and I don't know you, I don't have a relationship with you, how are you going to perfect me? Mm-hmm. I would need to know you. The only way I'm going to know you is if I dwell in the realm of the Spirit for the Lord to reveal that to me, that you are the one that is set to do that. Hallelujah, glory to God. And the Lord will indicate to you that you're set to do that. So just in case, I, I know I said this briefly before, but I'm going to repeat it again because there might be new people on the line. Um, just in case I need an apostle. At a certain point in time, I might be in a battle with the enemy. Mm-hmm. Or I might be in a personal situation with my own soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I need, I need the office of an apostle. If you are my apostle, the Lord will indicate it to you that I need that particular help. And you are equipped to give me that help. Hallelujah. Go to God. So the Bible says that we are one body. Hallelujah. And, and any part of the body is not well. The rest of the body must feel it. The church, the church and I'm not talking the local congregation here. I mean the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. Uh, we need to come together as a whole. And it doesn't matter if my apostle is in Africa. It doesn't matter if my prophet is in Australia. I, I wouldn't even have to go on the phone. I, I don't even particularly have to know them personally to call and say, I need a word from the Lord. Um, that prophet, the Lord will indicate it to him, and the Lord, he will say what he has to say in the atmosphere, and the Holy Ghost will bring it to my heart. And I don't know if you ever have this experience. It might be sitting down, seemingly mind your own business, and bang, something just hit your spirit. And you get a revelation. Somebody yes. somewhere is praying for you. Yes. Somebody somewhere is on the job for you. Yes. God has set on the job. So, Pastor Marine, yes, if the Lord is indicating to you, 1234, and I said earlier, if you study the Bible by numbers, you will know what all these numbers mean. Yes. And if you get to know what all these numbers mean, you will see specifically what the Lord is doing with you through your spirit at 1234. Wow. Because they are all the numbers of meanings. That's right. And, and and you will know and you will know exactly what God is doing. So we need I, I think with this lesson what the Lord is saying. And every time I teach this lesson I myself learn a lot more than what I know before. I'm sitting here talking, but I am just as much a student as you are. Um the the, the Lord is revealing more and more to us or in the church today, he says knowledge will increase. That is true. He, re- he, he continuously reveals more and more to us or on the battlefield or um, with him in the vineyard, whatever our position might be. Hallelujah, glory to God that we might be equipped. God does not, God does not waste anything. God does not waste words. And not numbers, he doesn't waste numbers. Every number that God makes has a meaning. And if God assigned that number to you, you can very, very, very clearly know what God is saying and doing if you understand what the numbers mean. Just like we can understand what words mean, the etymology and exegeta word and or isogeta word and get it. You can you you can exegete numbers. 
Yeah, and 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 and, and get what God is saying. So if twelve thirty four is your is your time, even if you, is that just um, AM or PM also? It's usually um, it's usually both um, in the daytime and at night, but mostly at night. That's right. So so if twelve since twelve thirty four is your number, even if you go to bed earlier, you need to be up at that time. Yes. To do whatever it is that God wants you to do. And it doesn't even have to be long. It could be five minutes. Yes. It could be one minute. Yes. It could be just God just wants to say that one word at that time. Yes. But as long as that word is said, that put the enemy out of commission for the next um, 24 hours. 24 hours. Yes, 24 hours. And so he wouldn't have full reign because you would have executed your position at 1234. Mm. I, I find I find even now, and you know, my husband would, will will attest to this. It's very difficult for me to go to bed early. I have to be extremely tired, and even if I go earlier, I still, you know, I, I wake up because for whatever reason, my body doesn't settle into sleep until like one a.m. That's right. So there, you know, and, and so when when you said this tonight, I'm like, could it be? That that's my assigned time, twelve thirty-four. Yes, yes, that's your assigned time. That's your watch. <laughs> Hallelujah, go to God. Yeah. My, so, um, my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this then, Pastor, that your calling is, um, your your calling is actually, um, a pastoral calling. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you are. You, you you are on watch. You're on watch at that time. Wow. And as long as as long as you execute your position, yes, you don't have to stay awake all night for it. You mm, execute that's it, right. the enemy cannot change. Yeah, the enemy cannot change your edit. That's what right. You... Okay. My my yeah. other my other question, um, comment slash question, um, in learning, you know, uh, how how um, powerful the dragon is. Some time ago, uh, maybe over a year plus, one of my um, one of the members of the ministry was um, literally arguing, fighting with the devil. And I, I stopped it because in my spirit, and I think it's that pastoral spirit, you know, coming out, in my spirit, I felt that, you know, she was um, going in a dimension that she may not be able to escape. And so I stopped, I stopped, and I said, no, no more, stop. Because it's as if there was a physical battle, and the Holy Spirit was saying, she does, telling me she does not understand the power of who she's addressing. Um, I could, you know, in, in, in my spirit, in my spirit was saying if she was addressing the, the imps and the watchmen and, and his agents, it would have been different. But she went directly to the source. And it, it felt so dangerous in my spirit that I had to pull her back. Was I wrong? Was I, you know, was I off? Was I wrong in trying to pull her back from going directly to the dragon? Um, what, what was her response when you, when you did that? Uh, she did, she, she did stop. Um, she did stop. It did 
um, it did create a little bit of uncomfortableness in the ministry because you know. Um, you know some some of the stuff happened but when she when she finally when she finally approached me that you know she was not pleased that I pulled her back and I explained to her um why she understood she understood and she oh. said that's why you know God has placed you as a pastor amen right that's right so um pastor Maureen, as a pastor um you have to do at all times what you is right to do for the sheep. She's lagging. Wait, well, your phone is um, breaking. Yeah, she's lagging. Yeah. Let's just let's get... Um... Elder June, you need to get repositioned. Your phone is um wait, no, it's yeah, it's still it's still staticky. Can't hear can't hear you. So change position or change the phone. Is it, you can Is this better? Much better. Tell me when it's better. Okay. Much better, much better. Okay. I I I change phones. Okay, so let me let me deal with pastoral office. As a pastor, it is your responsibility to so every it is that your conscience tell you is right to do in the moment. Whoa. Your your conscience, the Bible says that God is greater than your conscience. Mm. So if your conscience says this person needs um or needs protection, and you don't, you don't do it. Um, if they get hurt or get injured, you might have been well, I wasn't certain if that was what you wanted me to do. You're, break, you're breaking up, um, Elder June. Uh-oh. Oh, mm, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The yeah. blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, I can hear you. I can hear you now. I'm so sorry. Yes, ma'am. Okay, that's all right. Okay. Is, is, is it without static? Yes. Okay, all right. I was just going to switch to a cell phone, but I guess I'm going to decide that he's not, get, he's not stopping us. So he's dead. He can't. He can't stop us. Yeah. So I was saying, um, what, so every year conference, as a pastor, I'm speaking specifically to the pastoral office, as a pastor, Whatever your pure conscience tells you to do regarding somebody and your pastoral care, you are obligated to do it. Amen. But because we're because we're dealing with spiritual things and God is the Almighty above us and Christ is the head of the church, as a pastor you might say, but is this really what Christ wants me to do? Mm-hmm. Is this what Jesus wants me to do? Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus might not answer you, but 
later, if it is proven that you did not do the right thing by your your your, your charge, you might say something like this to the Lord. I didn't know if this was what you wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. And the Lord would say, this is what the Lord would always say, what did your conscience say? Yeah. Because your conscience speaks, and, and, and God is greater than your conscience. So if even your lesser communication um, source says no, then definitely you know that God is saying no mm-hmm. with a stronger mm-hmm. voice. But if you only even hear your own conscience, you're not going to hear God. Yes. So if you, if you felt in your conscience that she was not equipped uh-huh. nor able to go where she was uh-huh. um, traversing to go, yes, as a pastor, you had all right to stop her. Now, there are many books on the market, and a couple of years ago, about, not more than a couple of years ago, about 10 years ago, last 10 years, the term spiritual warfare become very popular, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are reading books to talk about spiritual warfare, and without proper training or equipping, mm-hmm. they thought that he could take positions to fight the enemy, mm-hmm. go up against the enemy. Mm-hmm. But I find a lot of people were not equipped. Equipped, to yeah. Do that. Yes, and then what? The result of that, we lost, and we had a lot of casualties. We lost a lot of people. Yeah. Well intentioned. Well-intentioned folks, uh, they had come upon some new knowledge that the enemy is to be fought. But as I, and that is why I was going so slowly and so carefully with this lesson, because I do not want anybody without proper foundation, proper skill to handle um, your sword and your ammunition to engage the enemy in warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, I said earlier tonight, and I'm taking full responsibility for everything that I say, but I said earlier tonight that I don't wait for the enemy to strike at me, and then I try to recover, uh-huh. fighting on the defense. I will seek him out, uh-huh. but it is after so long a while. It is after 40 years yes. of watching the enemy um, work and plan and execute. Uh-huh. I know his strategies. Mm-hmm. I know his mm-hmm. tactics. And even so, I don't take on any battle without the Lord. Yes. So that is why if 1234 was my time that the Lord called me, and I miss one of my 1234, mm-hmm. I would go very lightly in the next 24 hours because I had not gotten my marching orders at the time that the Lord called me. If I miss a 3 o'clock appointment with the Lord at 3 a.m. in the morning, I spend that day mainly drawing very, very close to the Lord rather than trying to figure out what the enemy might be trying to do. Because God is still protecting us. It's just like God does expect us to be to be to be wise mm-hmm. and to be full of knowledge and share he will share things with us. But I must know where I am with the Lord um in each and every day. As a matter of fact, never mind every each and every day. In each and every minute, I must know where I am at with the Lord. And if I am not at the place to engage in a spiritual battle with the enemy, then I would be very foolish to, to engage in one. If I don't get my direct orders from the Lord, I would be very foolish. Mm-hmm. But if I get my direct orders from the Lord and I don't understand spiritual things, I'm still not going to execute it. 
So the honors is on me to understand spiritual things so that when the Lord says, fight, I can. And I can fight lawfully. And I can get my victory. The enemy ex- expects us to, me- to mess up. He depends on us to mess up. Mm-hmm. But with the proper knowledge and understanding, you'll win all the time. Now, there's another song that I don't sing anymore. There are a few songs I don't sing. Not that I can't sing, but when I do sing, <laughs> there's some songs I don't sing. Um, I I don't think that I'm only human. I love the song. I love the I love the the, the, the thought and the theme of the song. But I don't sing that line. I don't think I am only human. Mm-hmm. I'm just a woman. I don't say I don't say that. I don't I don't release those words in the spiritual realm about myself because first of all they're not true, and secondly they weaken my my position. In, in the Lord, mm-hmm. so I I am very careful as to what I say with my mouth and what I do, because the enemy will use my own words against me. He won't miss a beat. Now, there is a scripture in Daniel that is very um, sensitive to the discussion we're having. And um, it's that there isn't any secret that we can, I was trying to find it, that we can hide from the, the enemy. I said that earlier. It's in, it's in Daniel. Because he makes a point to know what we're up to. And so that is why we can't be careless. We can't be careless. We have to. We have to be vigilant, the Bible says, and we have to be sober. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we have to know what time it is that God is calling us into our daily equipping. We have to be that spiritually sensitive to know what time is your uh, is your cool of the day with the Lord. Mm-hmm. What time is your appointed time? And don't miss your cool of the day. And if you do miss it, be very conscious that you missed it, and don't act like you didn't miss it. Yeah. You you make certain that you don't leave yourself open to the enemy. Yeah. So I I believe Pastor Maureen that you made a call in good graces for the preservation of the person who was under your pastoral charge, mm-hmm. and um and so you did right in that moment. But let me let me add something to that. Seeing that that person had revealed to you that um whether it was a he or a she felt. Um, inclined to wage war against the kingdom of darkness, mm-hmm. then in saying to that person, let's hold on, it should be, let's hold on till we're certain that we're equipped mm-hmm. to do that. Yes. And so in your pastoral charge, you would search that out with the Lord and in the realm of the Spirit and mm-hmm. says, what educating, what training, does my um does this person under my charge need? How do I help that person to um so because when you told her to stop from what you whether it's a him or her, when you told that person to stop just as it sort of presented that strain, I, I understood from that that the person was certain that's what that's that's what he was called to do. Mm-hmm. And he probably felt you were you you were holding him from his calling. Mm-hmm. And 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 so I don't, I don't know if you can backtrack if the person is still under your charge, if you still know who the person is, but you mm-hmm. could check and see where they're at because if they yeah. felt that strongly about it and, and, and given 
given that it was the loan that was calling. And, and let me say that, even if they had read some book and thought, wow, this is great, um, I should take on the enemy like this. And, and, and you as their past, the only thing is because they have, they have the desire, and the Lord said, you will work upon the good desires of your heart. Um, the, the, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven does need people who are equipped, military equipped in the kingdom to wage war against the kingdom of darkness. Um, the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. But simply saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for keeping me this day. I'm going to my bed now. That does not wage war against the gates of hell. That's right. That's right. And so waging war against the gates of hell is is very um, serious and deep-rooted activity in the realm of the spirit. And you're right not to let any of your saints um, engage in such warfare without proper equipping. But if you if it is revealed to you that any of them have that desire, anyone following your leading have that desire, or is called in such, then the onus is on you as pastor to make sure that they are equipped. So pastoring is a very hard job. Very, um, very. Let, let, me just, let me just do the number 10, for example. If you have 10 people under your ministerial charge and your pastoral charge, and each of them have 10 different calling on their life, uh-huh. and each of them um, have to be trained yeah. and carry that calling, Okay, Andrea, we should start waking me up in my sleep. Muted. Are you there, Pastor? Yeah, um... Hello? Hello? Unmuted. Yeah, Yeah, I'm here. Um, Somebody is on the talk show line. So I had to mute my phone not to interrupt what you were saying, Elder June. Oh, okay. So, so okay. So I was saying, if you just for just for example, for argument's sake, you have ten, ten saints that are under your pastoral charge, and each of them is getting their calling from the Lord by revelation, and each of them need to be equipped to fulfill their calling. Do you imagine your, your workload? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have 10 folks all at the same time calling you for, for spiritual equipping in order to fulfill, and, and that would be your job as a pastor, to fulfill their call upon their life. And plus you have to be fulfilling your own call yeah. upon your own life. So just imagine then if you have 20 people, 30 people, 50 people, a hundred people, a thousand people. <laughs> um, and so that's why you, know, you have pastors and co-pastors and small group ministry, and however that workload is dividing up. But it is, pastoring is a very serious job. It, it, it is a very serious job because you have to watch for the souls of everybody under your charge, and you have to make certain that they're equipped to carry out their gifts and their calling. That's what, a, that's what a pastor's job is. That's what a pastor's vision should be. A pastor's vision should be the equipping of the saints, the work of the ministry. So if you have a thousand people, pastor, under your pastoral charge, you need to know what each and every one of us gift and calling is 
and, 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 and nurture us. The pastoral office is a nurturing office. You have to feed us with milk. You have to nurture us and get us to that place to fulfill our calling. And that's how you get your reward. You can't say you're busy doing your calling, busy doing your ministry, so everybody has to look out for themselves. No, you're the one who has to look out for all of us. And you're the one who, who need to call me up at certain time and say, Sister June, do you know that the Lord requires you to do? You, you, because the Lord will tell you, you're my pastor. You're the one watching for my soul. You're the one who, who, who tells me what the Lord requires of me in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of heaven. And so um, even if there is a prophet in the ministry who gets a word from the Lord for me, that prophet is supposed to, because those five offices work together. Knowing the church, we see that they're independent. Everybody is independent. Everybody works independent of each other. But those five offices work um, interdependently on each other. So even if there's a prophet amongst us, and that prophet receives a word um, for me, if you're my pastor, that prophet's supposed to come and talk to you about whatever it is that the Lord told him about me. Because you're the one who has to nurture it in me. Um, the prophet is not a nurturing office. The pastor is a nurturing office. And it is the pastor who has to nurture that word in me and that revelation in me. But the prophet also ought to go to the pastor and says, I got a word for somebody under your pastoral charge. Mm-hmm. This is what the Lord is saying. And then the pastor will know what what um, he needs to train to be or train me to become. So when when the Lord showed that to me, I said, wow, who then wants to be a pastor? Sorry, I'm looking after my own soul. <laughs> I'm going to have to make sure that everybody knows their calling. Everybody under my pastoral charge knows their calling. And not only know it, but embrace it and yeah. fulfilling it. That's the job of the pastor. That's a very hard job. It's a rough job. So I was like, my prize, I would ever who wants to be a pastor. <laughs> because I know it's hard enough watching for my own soul. Yeah. And if I was obligated to watch for the soul of 10 people, 20 people, 30 people, 50, 100, 150, 1,000 people. Mm-hmm. That's why those churches that we call mega churches. That's why in a mega church, they might find a thousand pastors. And they're right. You need a thousand pastors in a mega church because no one person can do that. Yeah. No one person. So you divide the workload and make certain that everybody gets attended to. In Jesus' name. Amen. But even if that person pastor is no longer under your charge, you know, you can still go back. There's no there's no barrier or distance with time. You could still go back and say, Lord, at that time when I made that call, yeah, I am just um, coming back to you to go forward again to make certain that that person is um, did not miss um, her calling and she's active in ministry. And then the Lord will tell you what to pray and what to say. Yeah, I, and, and I did. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did. There's no barrier with the Lord. Yeah, I did. I did speak. I did speak with her, and. Um, yes. And and explain, and she understood. 
she understood um, at the time. Because sometimes we can be um, overzealous. And, you know, I, even even myself, at times I have to, you know, I have to, con- you know, try to control certain things because I'll get into, I'll get into certain prayers and, you know, I have to, I have to be mindful of where I'm going, what I'm doing, because if I, if I leave myself, as an example, um, a week before last week, um, you know, when I went up to Brampton to, 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 to do um, the convention, um, the, the first night, uh, Elder June, you know the way that I pray, and the first night I did not pray in that manner. I didn't. I did not do a warfare prayer. I did not. I wasn't, you know, I didn't do a proper covering. And, you know, you know, I, you know, there's some things that I do need in place. And, and you know, it's something I'll, I'll talk with you offline about because, you know, as we know, the devil listens into this prayer line. He really does. Um, anyways, after after I preached, I ministered. I ministered. I prayed for people at the altar, ministered to them uh, through the prophetic word or through prayers um, for them. On the way home in the car, uh, my husband was driving, and, you know, as soon as I hit Mississauga, all of a sudden, my stomach became nauseous. Cold sweat started to just, you know, off my body, I felt like I was, I, I, was, I wanted to, I felt like I wanted to, to throw up, and, you know, I had to open the car window, you know, put my head out there trying to get some fresh air on my face, I'm all the time knowing exactly what was going on, it was like major backlash spirit, and if you, if we are not now the, the following night, I ensured that I prayed the way that I pray, and you know I didn't um, I didn't come upon any backlash in spirit on on the second night. But if we are not careful, you know, if we are not covered, and if we don't know how to deal with certain things, we can be attacked. We can be seriously, seriously attacked. And so, you know, when I, if my spirit tells me, you know, um, you know, grab that person or while they're praying, cover them in prayer, you know, whatever it is, I have to because I know that, you know, the spiritual realm is no joke. It's no joke at all. And, you know, we may, you know, we may think, oh, it's okay if we say a couple of words, if we say some words, uh, whether we shout. And, 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 I, and I, can, I can guarantee the shouting doesn't really make a difference. It really doesn't, you know. Uh, and, and we may think that shouting or whatever is going, to, is going to stop the enemy in his track. No, we're just alerting him even more because, like you said, he does not read our minds. And the funny thing is, as... Um, you know, as as you were saying that I was writing down the same thing. He does not read our minds, but when we open up our mouths, he says, "Oh, that's what you're that's what you're dealing with," and he's ready. And so we've got to we have to, as you said, be on the offensive, not the defensive. We have to be ready for him because if we're not, you know, he can just pick us up and throw us aside like a piece of you know old rag. He can. And sometimes the Lord let him do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, sometimes. 
Yeah. So, so the Bible says that um, some sometimes we have a, a zeal, mm-hmm. but not according to, yeah. to knowledge. Yeah. And and so we have to guard against that. Exactly. Because if we have zeal but not according to knowledge, then we won't know how to really fight effectively, and then that's when we will get injured. Mm-hmm. So we must. We must have knowledge. We must know what we're doing. We can't be, we don't, we can't, I said all the time in my church, so you, I can't send babies to war. That's right. And so if you're expecting, if you're, if you're ordained as a minister and you won't come for training, you're not in any Bible class and not in prayer meeting. Um, can't find you for anything. Mm-hmm. I, I, we can't send you out because we might come and find you in the madhouse. That's right. Or have to come and come and exactly. The enemy will knock you out. Exactly. And it would be very irresponsible to know that you are not properly trained or properly equipped and send you out on uh, on the battlefield or on the mission field. And sometimes it could be simply as going to preach somewhere. It don't even have to be that you were going there to do any great warfare or anything. You just somebody asked you to come and minister, and your you pastor would say yes and be sending you, but the enemy knows that um, what is going to happen um, in that service or what might happen. The enemy will know something. The enemy says, don't want you to be there. Mm-hmm. So even when you're driving, um, Pastor, when you're driving to an assignment, you ask, mm-hmm. well, where do I drive? Yes. You have to be in that close communication with the Lord. Yes. If you take the route, you take the route that God says you must take. Because if you don't take that route, then you might find that you drive right into a, a booby trap. Exactly. Even the very clothes, even the very clothes yes. that we wear um, when we're going out, uh, you know, we need to ask God, okay, what do you want me to wear? How do you want me to dress? Yes. It's it it, it where it, it's not a. This is not a joke. It's not a not joke, a and and until we recognize the dangers, oh my God, it is not a joke. And and the, the Bible says that um, it's a scripture that stands out in my mind that I use to when I'm trying to let ministers know how serious it is that they they stay in in active communication with the Lord. The Lord says He will commune with us from the mercy seat. Um, there is a, uh, a, a scripture that says the, the artisans who were chosen under the old covenant to hang the drapes in the, in the, in the temple when the temple was first built, mm-hmm. they, they, they were anointed. Mm-hmm. So I said to the Lord, they were anointed to do what? And he said, they were anointed to hang the drapes. I said, like, God, who needs an anointing to hang drapes? Anybody can hang drapes. And he says, not in my house. Not in my temple, mm-hmm. because because I'm holy. So everything that you do for the Lord, you have to be anointed to do it. You have to be anointed. You cannot do anything for God in the natural, in the natural rimmer, by natural, your natural strength or your natural desire. You can't do anything in the natural for the Lord. That's right. He will hang in drapes in his house. Anything you do. For God, you have to do it from this, the, the the realm of the spirit. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Wow. 
are real. We wow, have a segment wow. of anybody's humanity, and the enemy is real, and God is real. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. We're living, and and as and as we draw closer and closer to the to the end of time, we we will see an increase in the intensity at which we need to um, know God and 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 communicate in the realm of the spirit and walk in the spirit. The, the intensity becomes greater and greater. The enemy is getting more and more vicious. He is um, he's coming up with new strategies. The, 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 the things that my mom used to pray against, um, those things are, are are petty things now. That's right. For a real warrior in the kingdom of God. And my mom was a warrior in the kingdom. Some things I have to pray against now, those things didn't even come on my mom's mind. Let alone to pray against them. But... um. They are happening, and the Bible calls us for knowing Daniel that the enemy is able to wear out the saints. <laughs> They're really God. Uh-huh. And he says, yes, he's able to wear the saints out. And so you need to know. You need to know how to fight, and how to fight strategically. You have to know how to fight wisely. Uh-huh. I do everything in wisdom. If you read Proverbs, you will see that wisdom was with me from the beginning. I don't do anything foolishly. I don't do anything outside of light. And so if you are if you are working in my kingdom, you have to be wise. Wisdom has to be with you. You have to do everything in the light. Uh-huh. You can't do anything differently from how I do it. So that's why the Bible says of, of Jesus that he only did those things that he see his father do. He says, my father worked hitherto, and I worked. It means he was copying exactly what he saw or heard of, from the Father. And so we ought to do the same thing. We ought to imitate Christ and copy everything Jesus did, um, how, how, how he did it. We can't come up with any new methodology, um, glory to God. Um, we cannot lay any new foundation. And um, the underlying premise is you have to have a talking relationship with God. God. You have to have active communication with Jesus. So at any point in time you need to alert you to something, you can hear him. You have to be alive in the spirit. So you could hear him when he speaks and, and, and understand what he says and be inclined to obey as he speaks. And God told me to do something um, this morning. And I said, oh, God, I'll do it on Wednesday. Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. If you wanted to do it on Wednesday, you'll still do it on Wednesday. But if he says go to now, he means go to now. Now. And and, and I, I proved that many times I had to save my children's life when the Lord would call me. And I remember once my son, he says, yeah, I was doing some writing, and this spirit of sleep came upon me, and he says, I don't want to go to sleep. I want to finish this. I want to finish this. And the Lord says, I am the one that's putting you to sleep. I said, really, God, can't I just finish this? He says, no. Go to sleep now. So I, I got up and I went and lay down. And immediately I went into a little region where the police had come to my door and asked me, says, do you have a son by the name of Desmond? And I says, yes. And they says, come with me. And I said, what's the matter? And he says, um, he drowned. And I said, what do you mean drowned? My son is a, is a great swimmer. My son Desmond is a great swimmer. I said, my son cannot drown. He's a great swimmer. And the, and the police said, no, no, come with me. He did make it this time. Um, 
he drowned. He went down by the lake and he jumped in the water and didn't come back up. So they wanted me to come and identify the body. And I said, um, in, in, the, in the region, I said, oh, Lord God, please, when I get there, please put an anointing on me to, to raise him back. And so I jumped up and I realized I was just dreaming. I said, I said, oh, my God, oh, my God, that's just a dream. And then the Lord spoke and said, it's not a dream. So I looked around and I said, what do you mean? He said, it's not a dream. He said, call your son right now. I said, like, like 3 o'clock in the morning? He said, just call him right now. I said, tell you what, God, I call him first thing in the morning. He said, first thing in the morning will be too late. You need to call him right now. So I picked up the phone and my son and my son answered. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I was just getting ready to go to bed. I said, um, so how was your day? He says, my, my day was good. And I said, all right, so. Uh, we're talking. I was talking to somebody else about him. And I said, how is class going? Because he was in university. I said, how are classes? Um, how are your professors treating you? How are you treating your professors? And he says, Mom, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. If you're going to call me at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're not calling me to ask me, how are my professors? Mm-hmm. What did God say? And I said, um, he showed me that you're drone. And he says, where? I says, in the lake. And you jumped in the water and didn't didn't come back home. He said, Mom, you know what I did today all day? I said, No. He said, I went to um that lake, Wasaga Beach. He said I went to Wasaga Beach and I didn't swim all day. I said, How can you go to Wasaga Beach and don't swim? Like you swim all day. We had to drag him out of the water when we go to Wasaga. He says, Mom, every time I run to the water, and he runs to the water with great force. He just runs like a giant, and he just jumps in. And he says, Mom, every time I try to have my signature jump in the water, something drags me back. I literally felt something just like, like they put a net on me and just drag me back from the water. And so I tried a few times, and then I just kind of forget about the swimming. And I, I got home, did what I have to do, and I was just going to bed, and I thought, man, I went to Wasaga all day today and didn't swim. So tomorrow morning, first thing, before the sun come up, I'm going to walk down the end of Spadina. Now, that was from where he was staying for he was a student at University of Toronto. So I'm going to jog down to the end of Spadina and just jump in the lake. And I says, that was your plan? He said, Mom, I just sat here, and I says, tomorrow morning, even before the sun come up, because I'm going to do it before I go to class. I'm going to walk down to the end of um, Spadina and jump in the lake. And I said, no, you're not going to do that. If you do that, you will not surface. And I said, as a matter of fact, I'm going to come up and, and spend the day with you. So I actually got dressed and went up and spent the day with him. So so like that, you have to you have to make certain that you have this relationship with the Lord and that when he speaks to you, you do hear him. Because if I didn't hear or if I didn't obey, I would have had to bury that child at that time. Because sure enough, he would have thrown. As good as as a swimmer he is, he was as silly as he would have thrown that thing. So the Lord saved him at that time and alerted him because he was still determined to go jump in the lake the next day. No, this was a lake in Toronto. He was going to go jump in at the end of Spadina. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why he had to do that at 5 o'clock in the morning because that was... That wasn't a sense of my thought, but that was that was his thought. My son is invincible. He thinks nothing can harm him. <laughs> He's mm. a giant, and nothing can hurt him. 
So that's a relationship that we need to have with the Lord. That's right. And, and just like what I just said to your pastor about my son, mm-hmm. you as a pastor need to have that same relationship or watch over everybody under your pastoral charge. Yeah. But at any point in time, any one of, any one of them walking off in danger, any one of us walking off in danger like that, the Lord will alert you, and you have to do what you have to do. Even if you can't find us in the natural, you have to do it in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And 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 stop and stop it. That that's a pastoral. That's a pastoral office. Very hard job. Very hard work. And my prayers are with everyone who's a pastor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Ella June. Amen. 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 Tonight, y'all. What a word tonight. What a lesson. I. What a lesson. Amen. 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 Wow. I mean, this was awesome, awesome lesson. Um, like I said, I learned so much tonight. Oh, my goodness. Like I said, I learned so much. So with that being said, um, Pastor Marine, would you like to close it out in prayer tonight? Amen. Glory Pastor to God. Marine. Yes. Pastor Marine. Um, before you go, can I please say something really quick? I I actually fell asleep um for a little bit, but you know I woke up and I had to um I had to say this really quick because I feel Lord want me to speak this. As she was just saying about the like a dream, you know I fell asleep and it's so weird. It's weird, but anyway, maybe this happened for a reason. I um good night everybody. I'm sorry if I you know I just jump up and but I was here listening in the end of everything. I heard, but I actually went into a sleep while I was here on the line, and, you know, as I was dreaming, the dream came to me, and I saw, like, I was in this place, and um, you were there to cause, but then I saw, like, like I had a broom, and it's weird. It's like I'm I'm here on the line, but I'm, I'm in the dream, and um, this is what the Lord is telling me to say, because he's just saying in my spirit now that he's cleaning, you know, he's cleaning. It's like he's cleaning now because I saw myself with his broom, but he was sweeping, sweeping, sweeping. I was sweeping, sweeping. And, um, oh, my God, you know, but he's just telling me that he's just sweeping. He's cleaning, out the, you know, cleaning out everything because he needs us to be where he wants us to be. Oh, and, and that is what the dream is telling me as I hear that. Um, Elder, not Sister June, minister, yes, you know, saying it. But I got a dream just now, and it's like I saw you there too, cousin. I was there, but I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping, and I'm, I just jump about the dream, and I'm hearing her talking about this, about her son and everything, and that the Lord is telling me like He's cleaning out everything because He's, he's preparing us. Mm-hmm. He's preparing us, you know, His people. And today I was talking to a sister as I was ministering to her. You know, I get very emotional because, like she said, I get so deep with God sometimes. You know, I sit and I talk with him, and I, I, when I read and I reason with him about things, and I just really have conversation, and she was saying how you have to get close. You got to get in that relationship with God because he even gives you stuff in the vision and things that's going to happen, and you have to he warn us in advance. So, you know, I'm telling you, I, I really do fear God, and... You know, I'm sitting here because I got a dream and I jumped up and I heard her talking about that dream. The Lord was telling me as I'm sweeping, 
because he's giving me the dream for everybody because he said he's sweeping, he's preparing our hearts to get right, you know. So we need to get where he wants us to be. So, you know, we can no longer, you know, it's so hard at times because, you know, in human nature, we want to do things the way we want to do it. But he's preparing our hearts to to go back to him. So, you know, it's like we got to do it his way and no other way. But that's what Amen. he's telling me. And I, have to jump, I just jump up on his dream. I got it, you know. But I just thank God. And I get emotional because that's just oh, yeah. all <laughs> I mean, give me something. All right. Sometimes I get very emotional. I'm very emotional. That type of person because I'm so sensitive in the spirit. Know, in the spirit of God, because God is love and He's so compassionate, and you know yeah. He loves us so much. And though sometimes we want to do it our way, but you know I just thank God for His love for us, because He just loves us so much and He wants to save us from ourselves. You know, because like all the time my mom always tell me, you're, you're talking about the devil. He said you're your worst enemy. You, you know that we can become our worst enemy. Yeah. Because the, the things that, yes, the devil is real, and I'm not saying he's not real, but as we call him God, you know, and we want to do his will, he always protects us as children because he said there's no weapons that is forming. But if we walk in obedience in the spirit realm, you know, like you say, it's in the spirit because yeah. we walk not after the flesh no more, but he said after the spirit. So we're That's doing right. everything according to what the spirit is asking, and you were just saying that. And that's what he's been telling me. You die to flesh. You no longer live in the spirit. I mean, in the in the flesh, because you know all things are passed away. When we yeah. give our life to God, and He said everything become new. So now I have to keep fighting in the spirit all the time. I'm dying to myself more and more every day. It's not easy, but you know because I know that God, you know, is there and He's trying. He's helping me along the journey. So I just have to give God thanks for the vision, you know, the dream. And I hear you, and I say it, you know, as he asked me to say it. So to God be the glory. Amen. And thank you for the teaching, even though I did not hear all of it. But I will right. go back and listen. The Spirit so, got it. <laughs> yeah, the Spirit got it. So oh, I will go what's back. What's your name there? Yeah. I, I didn't get your name. Jacqueline. What's your name? Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Oh, so the Jacqueline. Jacqueline, um, yes. Where, where are you at? I'm in North Carolina. Where in the world are you? I mean, North Carolina. Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your office in the church? Um, Pastor Maureen, you know, she's my cousin. Well, I'm in the, I'm helping in the ministry here. I, in my home church here, I help as a caregiver because, you know, I'm in a small ministry right now, and the Lord yeah. brought me here because Pastor Mark, he's a young pastor, and when he came to the church, so the Lord gave me a word for him. Like I said, every time the Lord speaks to me, I try to be obedient and open my mouth, you know. But anyway, he became the pastor of the church, and I get word sometimes, and I'll tell him because, like I said, I walk in the spirit because I want to be obedient. And I tell him, as he said, and, you know, it always, it's so it come true, it's so it come true. But, you know, um, right now I'm I'm there, and he asked me, he said, Jackie, um, my ministry is a caregiver. I, you know, when people need help, when the ministry needs help, and not only in my church, but in the community where God has placed me here, if there's somebody in the yeah. coming to need me, and they call upon me and I can do it, um, I go out and I help, you know. But, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, the ministry here, no. The Lord has made a shift in my life three years ago, and I'm here, I'm home. 
So what I do, I get up, you know, on a daily. I don't work outside no more. I work in my home, and I try to do my little business here. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, do as the Lord asks me because he's been working daily with me and trying to uh, let me to understand more what the work he called me to do. See, when I was yeah. outside in the regular, you know, secular world, I mean, I was still out there in the job, and I would minister, and I would do as he told me to. But for the couple of years I've been home, it's like he's preparing me. You know, there's more work that he's telling me I got to do. But, you know, I have to, <laughs> you know, make myself more available right now. So in the church, what I do, I'm just free to, as he sent me, you know. Um, so I'm in the caregiving. I care. I do the caregiving. So every time somebody, something happens, I just say, okay, Lord. So that's his work. I mean, that's what he's doing um, with me at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Pastor Marie. Yes, ma'am. When you're praying, please put a pastoral covering over Sister Jackie. Okay. For this gift that is in her. Yes. And she has a caregiver. Um, <clears throat> I'm glad that there is such a um, ministry in your church, that your church recognizes it, that you're a caregiver. Many churches don't recognize that. Okay. But I, when when you were speaking, I I got the impression that um you don't freely share what the Lord might tell you. Mm-hmm. Like you're very careful how you share what the Lord might tell you because you don't want to offend anybody. Right. But if you're a caregiver, you have to get over that spirit. Yeah. If you're a caregiver, you can't allow any spirit to intimidate you. Right. Because if the Lord make a major call on your life to save somebody, on, on you to save somebody, but you feel mm-hmm. intimidated by your leadership or whatever you might feel, uh, you might miss doing it exactly how the Lord tells you, and people could lose their life because you're a caregiver. Mm-hmm. And you're the one who the Lord will tell. So I'm just going to ask Pastor Maureen while she's praying to, to release you put an anointing on you to release you to do your ministry freely. Amen. You understand me, Pastor? Yes. 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 She needs to be released to really act upon the visions or the words that the Lord might give to her without feeling like she's um, usurping anybody or taking away from anybody's own. Ministry. That's, that's so true. That. that is so true because you know what? There are times that um, I, you know, I see things like I said, I eat it in the spirit and the Lord is coming, but I really don't want to hurt people. And that's why sometimes I don't say anything because mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, God, people are might not, not because I'm putting myself up there and I don't want to put, you know, I, mm-hmm. I try to stay on this you know, level where I yeah, feel humble. like, God, yeah, because, you know, people might look and say, boy, she, you know, why she say this and whatever, and that's not yeah. what I want. I want to do as God asked me, and that's mm-hmm. why I, so when I speak, I try to say, you know, as the Lord tell me, because he's impressing me, as I'm t- speaking here right now, I just woke up, and I'm, my heart is pounding, because, and anytime I find myself, my heart pounding is because he's saying, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. You know, and and it's not, you know, I have to do it because I don't want God to <laughs> hold me accountable, not to say That's right. So, and, and not only from God's angle, only accountable. You don't want anybody to lose their life. 
Just because right. you didn't act when God tell you to act. Just because right. you were afraid to hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah. So, so. I try not to want to hurt nobody, but um, like I said, I, like I said, I have to pray too to make sure God help me to to do as He say because, and then He will work, you know, like you said. But thank you for asking for the prayer for me, because yeah, God knows. Yeah. Amen. 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 Um, is there anyone else, or should I go ahead? <coughs> go ahead, Pastor. Lord, uh... Hallelujah. Let me change rooms. We praise you, Jesus. We glorify your holy name. Mighty God of Daniel, there's none like you. There's none above you. There's none beside you. You are God. You are God all by yourself. Father God, even now as I come before you, I ask that you will search me. I ask that you will try me, see if there be some ways in me that are not pleasing to you, O God. God, if there's anything that will prevent my prayers from coming up to you right now, I ask for your forgiveness. In the mighty name of Jesus, I ask, O God, that you will wash me in your son's precious blood. I ask, O God, even now that you will purge me with hyssop, O God. Make me, O God, pure. Make me as white as snow in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father God, even now, oh God, I want to place your woman servant, Elder June Malcolm, before you in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, oh God, for the charge that you've placed upon her, oh God. Oh God, to come forth and train us here in this ministry, oh God. God, you have referred to this ministry as an end-time ministry, oh God. And as such, we need to be equipped in the name of Jesus. So I thank Thank you, O oh God, for equipping us through your servant, Elder June Malcolm. And even now, God, I stand in agreement once more with the prayers prayed for her. I ask, O oh God, that there will be no backlash in spirit. There will be no retaliating spirits in the name of Jesus. God, cover her from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord God, even now, I ask, O oh God, that you will hedge her in, O oh God. God, hallelujah. Oh, God, under your wings in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I pray for her household right now. I pray for her children, her grandchildren in the mighty name of Jesus. I ask, oh, God, that you will cover them, oh, God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Mm. Father God, even now, oh God, I lift up my son Andrew before you, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Because God, through your woman servant, oh God, I have learned tonight the reason why I need to pray at 1234, oh God. Lord God, I ask, oh God, that you will cover him from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet, oh God. God, whatever path he's walking in, oh God, that's not, oh God, right in your sight. I am asking, oh God, for a Damascus Road experience, oh God, that he will begin to walk in his calling in the name of Jesus. 
that he will begin to recognize who you are, O oh God, over his life in the name of Jesus oh, Christ hallelujah. of Nazareth. I ask your mighty God to trouble his spirit, O oh God, until he fully surrenders to you, mighty God of Daniel. Father God, tonight, hallelujah, I lift up, O oh God, every person that you brought here tonight. And God, I saw, O oh God, so many different people coming onto the line tonight, O oh God, because God, I know that you needed them, O oh God, to hear, O oh God, from you tonight, O oh God, as to who they are up against, O oh God. And I thank you for that, God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your faithfulness towards your children. I thank you, mighty God of Daniel, hallelujah, that you counted us worthy, O oh God, to hear from you tonight in the name of Jesus. And God, even now, I lift up, O oh God, my husband, Minister Collington, daily before you, O oh God. God, I know even now as he sleeps, O oh God, you are preparing him, O oh God, as he gets ready to preach tomorrow night, O oh God. And God, even now, I ask, O oh God, that you will hallelujah, clear the atmosphere, O oh God. I ask, O oh God, you will download, O oh God, into his spirit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Father God, I thank you, Lord God, for open doors for your servant, O oh God, that no man can shut in the name of Jesus. Lord God, even now, I lift up, O oh God, Perry Allison before you in the name of Jesus. Lord God, you know, Father God, hallelujah, the reason for her prayer request, O oh God. I place her family before you tonight, O oh God, as they have yet again lost another family member, O oh God. God, I pray against our untimely death in the name of Jesus. God, I lift up, O oh God, Evangelist Andrea Mitchell before you, O oh God. I lift up, O oh God, hallelujah, Bishop Lee before you, O oh God. I lift up the Lee family before you tonight in the name of Jesus. Mm. I pray, Sister Curline, before you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father God, be with your children, O oh God. Hallelujah. Comfort them, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Protect them in the name of Jesus. Provide for them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your holy name. And God, even now for Perry, O oh God, as she gets ready to close yet another deal, O oh God. God, I thank you, O oh God, for your divine supernatural favor in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I I pray, oh God, that my God, the contract, oh God, will be as it was written in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for the manifestation in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord God, even now I lift up, oh God, my cousin Jacqueline Chen Wong before you, oh God. God, you know why you've brought her to Simple Words Ministry. You know why you've brought her to the village church. And so, Father God, even now I decree and I declare oh God, that every barrier, oh God, hallelujah, my God, in her way, oh God, that is stopping her from walking in her pastoral office, oh God, I decree and I declare that those barriers are now moved in the name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you, oh God, that you are equipping her. I thank you, oh God, that you are training her. I thank you, oh God, that you're downloading into her spirit in the name of Jesus. Father God, you've already given her the heart, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Now, Father God, I ask that you will open up the doors, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that God, she will fulfill her call.
calling in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, each and every person that you brought into this ministry, God, I thank you for those, oh God, who are walking in their calling and those, oh God, who are yet waiting. My God, I decree and I declare that the wait is over and they will now begin to recognize just who they are and begin to operate in the office that you have already placed them in, in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I thank you, oh God, for Minister Lashana Burton. I thank you, oh God, for blessing her, oh God. I thank you, Lord God, for your anointing upon her life in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, that there's nothing missing and there's nothing lacking in her life in the mighty name of Jesus. Mighty God of Daniel, I thank you once more, oh God, for each and every person that's on this call tonight. Hallelujah. Oh God, bless your people, oh God. Provide for your people, oh God. Care for your people, oh God. Lord God, even now I ask that you would protect your people in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, we thank you once more for this training tonight. We thank you for Simple Words Ministry. God, I rededicate it to you. I reconsecrate it to you, mighty God. And I thank you, hallelujah, for all that you've done and all that you will continue to do for us. In Jesus' precious and mighty name I pray, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. We bless your name. Hallelujah. We bless your name. Good evening, good night, everyone. Come back tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For Can you hear me? Yes. 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 If you don't mind, I'm sorry again. Not to interrupt. But I, I will be obedient. I just need to pray for Cousin Marie, if you don't mind. Mm, okay, go ahead. Okay, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for your love and your mercy, your grace, God. I thank you, God, for all that you have done and what you have to do, God. Father, give you glory and honor for who you are, God. Yeah. To wash me and purify my mind and my heart, oh God. Oh, glory to me tonight, a clean heart. We know right to it within me, Father. Father, Hallelujah. forgive me for all my sins, God, because I know Hallelujah. I'm short of your glory, Lord. And God, not only for myself, God, I place everyone tonight on the altar before you understand. Oh, God. Jesus. Oh, God, I come in obedience. Hallelujah. God, I to pray for my cousin. Oh, God, I have to cover Hallelujah. her. Hallelujah. I have to send your angels not to take charge over her. And oh, glory. Over her husband, over the children, God, over her mother. Oh, our family member, Father God. Yes, Lord. You see and you know all things, oh God. And I just want to yes, say thank Lord. you, God, because it is well, oh God. As she continued to surrender herself to you, God, as she continued to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, God. You promise, oh God, that everything that her heart desires will grant it unto her, oh God. And so tonight, God, I ask you to help me, Lord God, as you speak to me, as this sister just asked for release from me, Lord. I will not be afraid anymore, God. Jesus. I will do as thou say, the Lord. God, give the me the strength and courage, oh God, to do Jesus. what you ask me to do, oh God. And have to hide me behind the cross, oh God. Hide me and each and every one of us. I pass from what we hide oh. our family, Lord. I hide our husband, our Hallelujah. children. God, each and every one of us on this line, oh God. God. God, I thank you tonight for the release. I release, release. God, as you show me this great cleaning, God. I thank you, Lord God, as from now on, Father, that I will say. Hallelujah. And as you ask me, because, God, I must repent, God, at times that you told me to pray for my cousin while she was on the line. So tonight, God, I step up and I say, Lord, I thank you. 
You are calling to be here. She said for a reason. So, Lord, I stand in agreement, God, and all the prayers that she pray. Thank and you, I Lord. say, Lord, God, continue to give her the desires of her thank heart, God, and she walk in obedience, God. I thank you for the release of the blessing upon her, God, overflowing blessing, oh God, running over, Father God. That she will not have room, oh God, to contain it, Lord God, and to finish this work, oh God. That you are started in her, God. You see and you know her heart desire. And so, God, tonight I stand in agreement, oh God, for your blessing, oh God. And I ask you prayer in no other name but in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Walk in obedience. Let us walk in obedience. Tonight I pray oh, that you bless know that your Holy Spirit is faithful. Yes, Jesus. God has called from this day to tonight, Lord God. I pray word ministry family. From this day forward, God, I pray that we walk not after the flesh. Lord God, but after the Spirit, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, Spirit and in truth, God, that you can do the work that you call this ministry to do, Father God. Lord God, that you can bless this ministry and move it to where you want it to be, God. And that it upon the people, God. You see, they've been crying and asking you, God. 
Oh, oh God, Lord. we can be our own stumbling blocks. And tonight, yes. I have pray for me. Lord, I walk in obedience, Lord. Oh, Lord, have your way in this ministry, God. Mm. You know, God, you see and you know everything. And I place it in your hands. That Jesus. you, God, will straighten and rearrange and make everything oh, right. God, every crooked part becomes straight yes. and right. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Father, yes. God. In oh, the name Jesus. Of Jesus, I pray tonight. Let Hallelujah. Flow and overflow, God. Amen. We will not have any room to contain it, God, because there's oh, only work to be done in the ministry, Father, God. And yes, I pray, Lord, there's work to be oh, done, Jesus. God. Oh, God, you said, your verse is ready. Oh, God, but the laborers are few. Hallelujah. Be ready, Father God, that we can go on. It's a laborer. It's a laborer, God. Father God, I ask you to have your way again in our lives. And laborers. And God, as you continue to bless us, let us be mm. a blessing to others, God, when we go out on the highways and the Yes, Lord. You send us what you ask us to do. Mm, Lord, that's what we're all calling. We cannot do it, Lord, on our own, but work, God, we can work, only do it your strength, so we're not depending on our strength. And our Hallelujah. You, Father God, I thank yes, you. Yes, Lord. Thank you for this night. I thank you for this Oh, night. yes, God. And send our partner as a friend, no other name. But thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for relief. Amen. Amen. Relief. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for relief and relief. Yes, Lord. Thank you for relief and relief. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We will work while it is day. While it is day. Glory to God. Glory to God. If I could just say this before the benediction. Um, I decree and I declare that every person that remain on the line to hear these prayers tonight will say, here am I, send me. Here am I, Lord. Here am I, send me. Glory to God. Here am I, Lord. Here am I, Lord. Here am I. Here am I, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Here am I, Lord. Glory to God. Here am I, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. To do thy will, oh God. Hallelujah. New beginnings. Hallelujah. It's a new beginning. God, we come to do your will. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Here we are. Mighty God. Anoint and send us. Yes, God. Jesus. God bless you. We thank you for opening God, our hallelujah. Lord, God. We glorify you, Lord. Hallelujah. For every Hallelujah, God. We bind up every spirit that would hinder us. Yes, Lord. I'm doing that which you call us to do. Yes, we bind Lord. up every fear. Hallelujah. Yes, You're not giving us fear. Yes, Lord. You're giving us love. love. Oh, and God. a sound mind. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Hallelujah. Do not be afraid. Hallelujah. Yes. And yes. you told us of fear not. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Lord. No walk. more. No more. Thank you. We'll, we'll do your will. We'll do your will. Here we are, God. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Send us. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus. Lord. 
Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. We bless you, we bless you, we bless you. Oh, thank bless. you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank, thank you, thank Jesus. You. Mm, he tell us, he's telling me that he's hiding us behind the cross, each and every one of us in our family. Yes. So we need not worry because he's hiding us behind the cross. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Um, Sister Jackie? Yes. Sister Jackie? Yes, ma'am. Yes. If you don't have... um. A prescribed way to let your pastor know when the Lord speaks to you. You, you. you need to sit down with him and get um get that straight up between you and him. How can you alert him to what the Lord say to you? Mm-hmm. And that um mm-hmm. there's no uh, hindrance in you doing your work. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. that the ministry that you're called to do. Yes. Uh, the Lord is going to have to speak to you a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be people who say, how come she hears from God every day? Who does she think she is? But from where you're located, yeah. and what the Lord has called you to do, the Lord is going to speak to you a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, you just have to work it out with whoever is the head of the ministry that you work in, the local church in which you're working. Like yeah. when you're on the line, I'm certain that we all would love for you to tell us what the Lord says to tell us. I <laughs> <laughs> don't, no, don't, because I the Lord tell you to tell me something, make sure you tell me. But in your local church, you need to work it out with your pastor, like a prescribed way, how you communicate with him, what the Lord tells you. Because souls are going to be dying if you don't do that. If you don't, if you don't find a way out to, work with him. If you're the one that the Lord is speaking through, then you can't be silent. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. These days pastors are so sensitive. I don't know why. I've been doing that, you know, since I've been talking to him and sometimes he knows, he knows because he brought it out in the church many times and tell the congregation when Jackie called me and God told me something, I just need and and tell him, I call him and I'll tell him. And, um, you know, I don't like to feel like, um, you know, how you feel like you have to keep telling somebody the same thing over and over again. Yeah, what is. I do, I'll just pray and ask the Lord, I ask you to just, you know, transform that thought to me, Lord, because yeah. you don't want to feel like you're being a, a nag either, you know? That's right. That's right. I understand. I understand your heart, really. So, pray. My sister is here with me and my sister just says, you take an extra position and pray. Way before you go in to see the king, yeah, in that in that position, because souls souls will die. Yeah, you remember like this shooting that took place the other day, and everybody says, "Oh, comes nobody in the church." You know, that young man had come in there to um to shoot to shoot them, and that he actually sat there and and um and and actually got the opportunity to kill so many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's what was wrong in that setting. That's what was wrong. Yeah. The gifts weren't allowed to operate freely. Yeah. People weren't allowed to work in their ministry freely. And so because 
because of that, they miss warnings. They miss revelations. And so see how many people died in that one setting because of that. No, it's, it's, it's really a, a, a bothersome thought because we, we, we miss when God is saying something to us for whatever reason. And then we have to suffer the pain of, of missing that. A, a young sister in my church, um, we, we were speaking very late last night. She had problems going to sleep because one of the children that she watches over died in her arms. And just 15 minutes, we spoke to him, and within 15 minutes of speaking to him, he died from suicide. And, and she was just so distraught. She said, I don't understand what went wrong. I don't understand. But she's a young, she's a young, young sister who is just trying to help these children off the street. And she's doing a pretty good job of her own expense and everything. She's just trying to draw them away from the drug culture and the drug, the, the, the drugs culture and the gun and all that. And then one of them died. She was really distraught. She was going ballistics because she said, I spoke to him just 15 minutes before he went and, and did that. And she she had no clue. So I told her, I said, I'm going to connect you with um, a prayer line that I I, I will be throughout the week, and if you come on the prayer line often, you will gain a lot of strength and a lot of insight and a lot of knowledge, how to discern, or how to hear from God, and, and how to be at that place where God could tell you. Um, so don't beat up on yourself. You, 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 you're not a, you're not the pastor. You, you're just trying to be like a big sister, and um, and the Lord allow you to have that experience. And you can use it to to know to know exactly what you have to go up against when you're standing as a watchman over these young people. Now you see what the enemy will do. It's not. It's no longer just a figment of your imagination, and it's no longer something that Sister June says, and it's no longer something that people think. You really see plain straight how that can happen because now the person died in her arms. So many times, because we don't act on the prompts that the Lord give us, or we don't know how to disseminate them, and we we, um, we lose life. So make certain that you work it out with um, your fellow workers. Yes, amen. And all of us on the line should do the same thing. If we if we if we have a hearing gift where God does speak to us, then we have to know how to alert. Because the Bible says, you know, if we hear and we don't warn, then the blood is on our shoulders. But if we hear and we warn. So those of us who have hearing gifts, we we need to release them. Because sometimes some some folks don't want to hear that said the Lord. <laughs> so, Amen. Amen. Mm. Amen. We'll come back tomorrow. What a word. What a night again. What a Amen. night. Amen. Oh, man. It's midnight. So <laughs> let's see. Come back tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from with Sister Kamisha from the island of Jamaica with Jeremiah Generation. And of course, we're old. We're on the line eight times a week. Don't forget on Wednesday morning, 714 Eastern Standard Time, 
We're standing a gap. Yeah, again, for our families, for our communities, and for our nation. Mm-hmm. And also, Wednesday night is our praise and testimony service at 9 p.m. Also on Thursdays, we're walking through the Word with Sister Nyoka. We're going line by line, precept upon precept. And, of course, Friday night is our flagship service with Fire on the Wire. And if you want your Saturdays at noon to jump off just right, we have Sister Monica hold a little <clears throat> with that inspirational Saturday. And, of course, we have our Sunday service with Pastor Marie Chen Daily. All service times are Eastern Standard Time, so please adjust according to your time zone. And with that being said, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Sleep with God's angels, everyone, and good evening. Amen. Good, good night, night, everybody. everybody. Love, love, love you guys. Good night. Good night. Love you. Love you all. Good night. Bye. God bless you, Elder June. God bless you.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.